Hello and welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon, or Mutilus, on Discord. And this is Aaron. I go by Treffenwood on Discord. And welcome back. Uh, only two of us today. Uh, we have some quick announcements. Parker has been killed by us. He's never going to come back. Don't worry. Um, and then I'm going to just put here a small note. This is a site not relevant at all. Um, Parker Punishment. Uh, and I'm going to also put Jeremy Punishment here. Got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, also, if you listen to last week's episode, uh, we have our Patreon up and running. Link is in the description of the episode. Um, I guess we'll get right into it. Um, currently playing. Uh, Aaron, what have you been playing? Uh, so for the past week, it's uh, mostly been Winter Garden as my uh, Thursday casual game night. Uh, I've gotten five games in with them so far. I've played every model five times except for Darkstar, uh, and that's about it. Just uh, trying to knock Winterguard off my two playlist. Um, so, spoilers in the pre-ramble, you mentioned um, something about your play with them or your record with them. Uh, do you think that they're worse than most affiliations? I think that's the common conception. Uh, yes, 100%. I absolutely think they're worse than most affiliations. Um I can talk a little bit about why. Uh, Crimson Dynamo is obviously uh, a star in a lot of lists. He does a lot of great things. One Stand thing he model. doesn't do, though, uh, is be a generic like damage dealing for. Like, mm-hmm. he does not put out damage. Um, he shocks people. Uh, he gains power. He protects his team. But he's really there as a, as a tech piece, right? You play him on ease in other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Moving on, uh, Darkstar is absolute fucking hot trash and garbage. Hate that model. Um, but she has such a strong tactics card. Oh my god, I don't want to talk about her tactics card. <laughs> but I well, I have to check. I think we out. should actually. I hold on. I'm gonna check to see if it's actually been errated. Okay. Uh, so before I'll, I before I the, trash her card, I'll right get a. Now. I'll get a ramble going while you're uh, doing that. Okay. Um, so I'm up at the store on a. I think it was a Thursday. And I'm I'm working, and I don't know where Aaron and his opponent start yelling. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what the hell's going on over here? I assume they just got into one of the Aaron's normal arguments that he starts at the store. <laughs> just kidding, he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go over, and he's like, what do you think this card does? I'm like, I don't know. Probably, like, incinerates people or something like that. And then I go to read the card, and then uh, Aaron shows me the card. I immediately figure out what they're yelling about. And... <laughs> I did. Nobody apparently knew that dark or energy manifestation uh, nerfs your models too, and not just enemy models. Yeah, it's not errated, so apparently it is still probably yeah. the worst card in the game. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Oof. I mean, I played it and like uh, immediately put. I ankle bit three of my own models. Well, but you didn't know when you were moving your models that you need to keep people away from her. Correct. If you knew that, you would have played differently. Well, obviously, I would never have taken the fucking card. (laughs) Because that's true. You're gonna take this what uh three, three, four, five health model and play them completely separate from the rest of your team and hope they don't die? Like what the hell? She's a rock star. Uh yeah, her abilities are far too overcosted. She only has a gainer, and she has a reroll all. Which in four games I think has benefited me once. 
as a longtime strange player, I can tell you, uh, reroll alls are not all they're cracked up to be. They are nice. What What if you couldn't reroll your skulls and you had to reroll all? That'd be noticeably worse. Okay, so worse than oh, strange. Well, but surely it works on defense also, though, right? So when you blank out on defense, you can at least try again. Yeah, it's not on our card either. Ooh, yeah, okay. So, and obviously in the games I played, I was able to get some work done with her. Like, her teleport is not useless. The problem is, for it to be useful, she usually has to get dazed first and have enough power to get work done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are so many other good threes in the game. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think we're breaking any levies here by telling people that Winter Guard models are subpar, but... Um, so in concept, like the, I think the, we can all agree that leadership is better than people think it is. Yes. So I played a the, game into X-Men and Domino kept, uh, incinerating, incinerating me and I kept removing incinerate because I'm playing Winter Guard. Yay. Um, I think the leadership a, is right on the being curve. Being effectively immune to stagger is quite Destroy good. Especially- Shut up, Siri. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that being effectively immune to stagger is quite good. Yes, effectively immune to stagger, incinerate, shock, all all yeah. that stuff. Yep. Um, I I uh, in my game at the tournament, which uh, we talked about a bit in the pre-ramble, is um, I uh, I went to activate black cat. I was like, I'm gonna double stagger your models, and then I just pause for a second. I'm like, <laughs> what well, does that do anything? <laughs> so he's like, Yeah, that wouldn't do anything. I'm like, What? This is stupid. So uh, I I'm actually a big proponent of the vast majority of models have a home in this game. Yeah. Uh, I am up to 103 models played five times or more so far this year. There are only and six models on my list. Are that I three th- of them Winter Guard? <laughs> no. Uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but only six out of 103, I think, are objectively wrong. So you're, they're in your trash list or just literally throw them in the garbage? I, until they get an update, yes. These are yeah. the models that, I, I granted, you have like your favorite models of all time. But mm-hmm. um, if you're not playing them for sentimental reasons, you should never play these models. There's only yeah. six. So I, I think a lot of models have a home, even if it's not like, you know, optimum. Um, anyway, uh, Red Guardian is also taken in other affiliations. So you think, hey, we're playing Crimson Denim and Red Guardian. Um, Red Guardian's actually not that good. He's just like Crimson Dynamo. He's a tech piece. Like, mm-hmm. I have Comrade's Keeper. I have some displacement. But what kind of actual damage does he get done? Uh, nothing. What kind of defenses does he have? Uh, three, three, four, and he can spend to count blanks? So, really what that says is uh, lose all of your power for no benefit when, when I'm rolling the dice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, we've talked about three people who just are wet noodles. Uh, in terms of Dynamo, Dark Star, and uh, and Guardian, and then the fourth one is Ursa Major. Uh, Ursa is much maligned, and I actually think Ursa is not horrible. Uh, probably not worth a four. Not going to splash it. But if I was to run a Winter Guard core, I would include Ursa in my roster. Maybe not my squad at all times, but definitely in my roster. It's been a really long time since I looked at his card. I'm going to take a look. Um, nothing special. Three, three, four, seven health. Mm-hmm. He's got charge, um, five dice Sci- builder, seven dice spender with stagger. So, or size three terrain throw medium. Yeah. He's a little power hungry in the early game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not as tanky as he looks. Nope. Um, Did he have aggressive? Yeah, he's pretty, he is aggressive. Yeah. 
Like, but that's the problem again. Like most aggressive models, you have to have a reason that you would ever attack them for that because it's it's just a big stop sign that says "Don't attack me." And in his case, you don't have anything to say about that, and so it's like he's not like he has bodyguard or something. Oh, so I double moved him and picked up objectives. I'm like, great! Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put the objective on the bear. If you want it, come get me. Yeah, but in today's meta, that doesn't mean they have to attack you. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. Um, yes. So that, like I said, there are lots of reasons why Winter Guard is. Mm, we're going to call it bad from a competitive standpoint. Yeah, I think it's a fair point not to say that their models are bad necessarily, but there's that they're very specific and it's rare that you're going to have a collection of very specific models uh, have a good cohesion on a random scenario, right? Like, it's like you might need one or two of them at any given moment and the leadership's usually nice, but how often do they combine into this Voltron of good? And it's probably pretty rare. Right, you got two slow movers, and no one in the affiliation does anything close to average amounts of damage. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just not good. Uh, now, and the, they're uh, all the, like slightly below the curve models in terms of like mm-hmm. you know Dynamo and Red Guardian Ursa. Uh, so you can still play them well and 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 win games uh, and have fun, but you're going to lose more than you win against wish... equal level competition. Go ahead. I wish the leadership just said, like, spend a power when you would be pushed to not if you're contesting, because I really don't like the random die roll thing, because it's not likely enough to deter them from doing it, and it's not likely enough to succeed. And so you're in this really weird spot where it's like your opponent usually even fucking forgets you have it, and then you're like, oh, wait, I have this thing that might stop this, and then you miss the roll, and you're like, I don't even know why I'm here. Like, (laughs) it's really annoying. I think I, I have rolled for it once in five games and failed the one roll. Yeah. Like, because your models don't really get controlled that often, and when they're getting controlled, it's usually not being pushed. It's thrown, yeah. It's only on throws? No, no, no. Oh, like, you're saying that the effect yeah, that does it is Ursa's throws. throwing gotcha. me off. Yeah. There's lots of character throws, throwing people off points. Sure. Now, into Web Warriors or Wakanda, yeah. obviously, you know, your leadership will get better depending on who you're fighting against. But. Right, so I've been playing Web Warriors. I've been playing into Wakanda and Winter Guard a surprising amount, mm-hmm. which is odd because I've played either you or Quentin or uh, people in Springfield were all playing either Winter Guard or Wakanda, basically. So I've played a lot of this leadership lately. I think it's triggered once, and I had the power to just do it again. So I was like, okay, I webline you again, and they're like, Oh, yeah, I forgot your rules are good and mine are bad. And then just like, <laughs> I pushed off the point anyway. It's like, oh, God. And so that's what it needs to be like. It needs to be a resource, I think, and for future game design as opposed to the random chance. The random chance is nice that it's free, but they keep throwing this ability on there as like an extra yeah. part of the leadership. It's like, meanwhile, people like Storm have two good leaderships instead of one half leadership and another half leadership. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, um, back on currently playing. Uh, that's why I've been playing Web Warriors lately. Uh, spoiler alert, I think they're good. I think I've said that a lot, though. Um, I've been playing a Go Narrow version of Web Warriors a lot lately uh, that plays Crimson Dynamo and Mysterio and Venom. Mm-hmm. And the whole concept is that, generally speaking, Web Warriors are afraid of going to an E because they don't want to stand there and let you fight them. And so I've been trying to play a version of the list that doesn't mind if we sit there and fight, because I'll win the scenario war while we're doing it. And generally speaking, it's successful. 
Um, it loses some tools in other matchups, obviously, because you can't cover everything. Yep. Uh, so I lose some of my tools into the mirror, which is not great, because uh, that means if I ever play a, a similar heavy control list, I'm at a small disadvantage. Um, uh, but I have a lot of the important stuff. Like, I've got my three or four people that can take objectives. Um, I've got a decent amount of board control. But yeah, it, it's pretty fun to play. Uh, it is a little restrictive at some point totals. Uh, but I think web warriors in general are kind of hit and miss. It kind of just depends on the game because you're you're obviously going to have those games where just like dice rolls don't like you and like they're five dice attacks or one shotting people despite your higher defense. Yep. Um, but I generally can find that there's a line of play I could have made that probably would have done better, which is what I like about them is that you can usually find the mistake in your play to, that led to your downfall as opposed to just going well my dice like so it's frustrating. But uh. Yeah, they've been fun. Cool. I find that I almost never play ASM anymore, and he was in a lot of my earlier lists. Oof. I like ASM, but he... Unfortunately, you just don't need him to win games. Like, the rest of the models in the list are so strong. Mm -hmm. Like, Spider-Woman, Black Cat, Gwen, Miles. Miles is honestly, like, the weakest model I played that gets played. Like, the only reason he's there is for the leadership. Yep. And honestly, I'm starting to believe that he's not even that important anymore. Like, if I lose the leadership, it's annoying. But honestly, in a lot of my games, he ends up fucking dying anyway, because his only mode of play is go get them. I actually really like Miles, just as a three. I think he is undersplashed. He is definitely not a bad model, right? Yeah. Um, like, action but, economy, uh, extract steel, character displacement. Right. Uh, yeah, so the he, problem is he's he's inconsistent. He's a lot like ASM. Mm-hmm. If he has a good game, he's unstoppable. If he has a bad game, he's worthless, is what I feel. I mean, if he flubs every die roll, sure, but every character is going to be worthless. I well, mean, it's I think mostly his... just that he gets, like, two-shotted and taken off the board. He only, like, makes, like, one attack. And so if you just... And, like, the number of times I've rolled, like, the ten dice and not gotten the wild is frustrating, but... I know the math, and so like I know what I'm doing when I make those choices, and I know there's there's a decent chance I fail. Sure, but it's just like okay, so like this the gameplay of this was um, either he went and picked up an extract and hid, or he was the model I decided to push forward. He web swung in, didn't hit the wild, did like two damage, and then died, or he grabbed an extract and ran away. And then there's like the one in five games where he. You know, moves around, gets some power from attacking, throws somebody off a point, web swings in, venom blast, gets extracts, runs away, they're chasing him, he web swings again. It's like, those games where he's like superhero mode are great, but it, they're just very rare because I feel like either people know how to play against him or he just fails on his own more often than not. Sure. And it could be lack of experience, could be on me. I definitely am not trying to cut him and I don't think I would have a better three to put in. He's just lackluster a lot of games. Mm. He is my twelfth most played character this year. Mm-hmm. I, I will tell you. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, all I was going to say is I do really respect the fact that they have so many stealth models. <laughs> stealth in a vacuum is just okay. Stealth in mass is frustrating because you're like, oh, I'll attack this person. They're like, oh, they have stealth. Like, oh, I'll just shoot somebody else. I'll shoot that guy. That person has stealth too. It's like, well, I'll shoot Spider Woman. It's like she has stealth and she's in cover. And he's like. Okay, um, it's like, yeah, would you like to move? And they're like, no, I'm on a point. They're like, you're not going to be there anymore in a second anyway. And he's like, fuck you. Yep. 
Like, the number of times that you, like, stagger people, and then, like, you're not within three of them, so they can't even move and shoot you, is just hilarious. Yeah, Miles swinging in to be within three of you, then kicking you out so you can't punch him back. Um, anyway, yeah, Web Warriors are fun. Alright, uh, next up we have a couple small topics, and then we have a larger topic later. Um, first one we're going to cover is the timing chart and dice mods. Um, the primary reason we're going to talk about this is the Red Skull 3 leadership. Um, a lot of people don't realize that dice mods that trigger, or not really even dice mods, counting dice as criticals must happen before um, the critical step. Therefore, uh, the attack timing chart matters a lot on attack and defense. So, and I see a lot of people doing this generally wrong, which I know is kind of a small little point. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy here, but Aaron, when you go to a lot of tournaments, have you encountered this where your opponent doesn't roll anything until you're completely done? Uh, specifically with Malekith and Domino, yes. Otherwise, no. Typically it is okay. the same time rolling. Me and Jeremy have encountered this a lot, is that it's not every game, right? It's probably like one in three to five opponents. So it's like one person per event I'll run into where, for some reason, they just have this habit where they don't do anything until you're completely done. And so it's like, all right, I make my attack roll, add a dice for a crit, re-roll two, and then I look up and they're just staring at me. I'm like, are you going to roll your dice? He's like, oh, sorry. And then they do it. And like every single die roll is like this. I'm just like, what's going on? Like, do they not realize that we roll at the same time? Because it's not really at the same time, it's in steps. But normally we shortcut those because it doesn't matter too much. Because you're always going to do your free stuff. And then after your free stuff, you look up and see if you want to spend to do things. Yep. Uh, Now, in that situation, I would 1,000% put the clock on them. I'm like, I'm done rolling. Like, Mm -hmm. if I have to wait three seconds for you to, like, you know, explode your, you know, decide if you're going to re-roll whatever. But if you haven't picked up your dice yet, fuck it. Like, take as long as you want, but it's on you now. Yeah. And so the only reason we brought it up is because there's a new timing effect that happens. And previously it was only on a couple of models and it's expanding now. Uh, so the trigger phase for when you count dice that are skulls as criticals needs to happen before you resolve your criticals or else you've missed it. And so Malekith, Domino, and now Red Skull 3's leadership, you need to make that decision because there's a cost to it before your opponent rolls their defense dice. Now, obviously, you can't expect your opponent to, uh, you know, necessarily know that. You might need to explain it to them sometimes. But yeah, you need to make that choice before you see your opponent's dice. Um, So as a defender, if you're rolling your defense dice just robotically at the same time, you might be giving your opponent extra information. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, Do you ever find that this is relevant in games? Like 1000%. Yes. Primarily, it happens with Malekith uh, on defense, uh, I find, where um, if Malekith is attacking somebody and he's like, oh, I got, you know, the Wild Pierce and two other hits. And they look up and you blinked out. They're like, I won't spend for my two skulls. And you're like, yeah, because you shouldn't have rolled defense yet. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think Domino is the more interesting one. Yeah. Um, I mean, typically, like, Malekith will overkill you and it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, Domino with her four okay. dice rapid fire matters a lot because I got, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, a hit and a skull. Like, if I blocked three, like, there's no way that they're re rolling it. If I blocked one, they will. Two, it's debatable. Um, 
she could also be more power hungry than him sometimes, where she's only getting the one or two power a turn, and so when she explodes is sometimes relevant. Oh, very, very correct. Yep. Hmm. But yes, if you're playing into Malekith or Domino, uh, or now Red Skull 3, um, you should definitely not roll your defense dice until they have decided to or not spend. Mm-hmm. And I am guilty of screwing that up. So it's, uh, it's, it's a hard habit to overcome. Am I crazy? The attacker technically resolves crits first, right? Correct. So if you're defending with Domino or Malekith, uh, you get to see the results of your opponent's criticals before you decide to explode yours. Correct. So you can actually tell if you... I, I know I've seen times when Malekith players will wait and uh, and they're like, okay, I'll just spend one to block. And then they, they're done. They don't even need to roll the crit because they've already seen all your dice. Yep. Uh, absent other mods, but yes. Sure. Um, yep. Yeah. Alright, so moving on to the next topic. Uh, we have a small topic called Know Your Opponent. This is going to fall into our pregame section. Uh, we've got some other stuff in there we've talked about in the past, like the importance of having safe extractors and having extract punishers. Um, and so this is going to go into that same category. Uh, so I came up with this one. I've been wanting to do it for a while, but I didn't really know how to approach it. Um, so we're going to have a little bit of a discussion. Uh, the importance for me on this is that I find a lot of players, most of them new, but not specifically new players, a lot of players in general, even tournament goers, will focus so much of their strategy on what they're going to do on a specific situation that they won't even consider what their opponent might do. Um, for example, um, they look across the table, they kind of identify a couple key models and then maybe sometimes they'll check the tactics cards of their opponents, and they'll come up with a strategy based on that little amount of information. And I feel like that's a mistake a lot of the time, and that you, people need to go a lot further into recognizing their opponent's strategy and resources available before they make decisions about their own list. I, I will soft disagree. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what you say isn't... Mike, I guess it is kind of wrong. <laughs> Um, God damn it! Isn't necessarily wrong. I think there's I think there's a lot of gray area in the middle here. Um, so there have been many instances where where people, not me, but people I've talked to, have tried to do what you're saying. Like, okay, if they if I pick 17, they'll play this, and then all of a sudden they don't play that, and they're like, what? Like they get in their head too much of what they think the opponent's going to play, and they try to outgame them, and then they end up with this list that they didn't want to play, but they felt was the best counter to what they thought their opponent was going to play, and then their opponent doesn't play it. Um, yeah. so it's just too much opportunity to, to screw yourself up in the pregame. That's uh, fair. That's definitely a good counterpoint. Now, what I will say are there's definitely some key models or capabilities in your opponent's list you need to be prepared for. Like mm-hmm. if they're running, you know, Parker's list of nothing martial artists, um, like I should probably have some mystic attacks to deal with Steve and yeah. Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, are they running voodoo? Okay, well, what what is my plan if they put voodoo on the table? Uh, Malekith, Red Skull. Okay, what is my plan if they bring their bid guy, whether that's Immortal Hulk or uh, or Malekith? Um, I usually plan for the bid guy, whether he's there or not. And that's something mm-hmm. that can be debated, whether you should plan to play wide or plan for the bid guy. But I find I'm I can more easily flex if my opponent chooses to go wide than I can if I didn't think they were going to bring Malekith, and they do. Because I need mm-hmm. I need the tools to kill him. I just need to play better uh, to counter a wide strategy. Okay. Um, so go ahead. 
this is obviously um, not a strategy you'll be able to implement well if you're still learning either your own list or the game in general. So this is more a little bit more of an advanced strategy, um, but I think it is still really important. And like you were saying, obviously, you do ne not ever want to get in a situation where you assume you're correct. Like, seeing what your opponent has and just going, okay, well, we're going 17, so obviously he's going Malekith Red Skull X. And so I'm going to counter that exact list. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. But something along the lines of like you were saying, where my opponent has Voodoo, I need to have the, uh, maybe an answer for Voodoo. Or my opponent is playing a large model, I need to have an answer for that. Uh, but just looking through it and seeing what their options are. For example, if your opponent is playing Fallback or Mission Objective or any of those cards, Brace is another big one, Indomitable is another big one. If you know your opponent has Indomitable, you're probably less likely to play something like, I do know who I am. Or if you are, just keeping that in mind as an option when you make that decision. For example, if you are, you know, you're playing Brotherhood and you see your opponent isn't playing Brace, like that opens up a whole new, like, aggressiveness you might be able to lean into. Um, I, I just feel that you should at least have a strong understanding of what your opponent is capable of when you're going into it. And I find that most people just take like a broad stroke inventory of what their opponent has and don't actually look at the little things. Like, they'll look up and go, oh, he's got such and such leader, so he's playing X. And then they look, you look at the tactics cards like, well, he doesn't have any tactics cards for that affiliation. He's probably not playing it. He's probably doing this. But because you didn't actually truly investigate the list, you didn't pick up on that. And so you might have been planning something that can't even happen. And so that's that's more what I'm talking about is like just knowing what your plan is available and like the opportunities available to them. Are they truly playing dual affiliation or are they doing a solo affiliation? Look at like what I, I try to do in important games is once I've seen the mission and the points, get an understanding of what I think they would probably want to do. And then what I want to do and just look to see if there's any like big glaring red flags like, oh, like you were talking about, like, I don't know if I can take out Malekith on this mission if I don't play X. And so that's probably something I'm going to have to do. So I, I have two points as we talk about okay. kind of the pregame. Uh, one is like if I'm playing against webs, uh, I, I am not going to go through and figure out what they're going to take. Like they could take ASM and try to steal my shit. They could play super wide. Like that's that's for them to, to choose, but what I need to do is figure out. Okay, uh, I'm pretty sure they're just going to steal the extracts. So whatever, if my plan was to hold extracts and sit on secures, it's not going to work. I need to bring models that have uh, out of activation movement or action economy uh, and can uh, punch through the web's defenses. Someone like Rhino, like okay, you're going to steal it, but Irregardless of the fact that he can play this as a robbery, he can get down the field uh, and then, you know, throw terrain. So someone with mobility and a punch, uh, at least two of them are required to go into a webs team, uh, in my opinion, because you have to accept you're going to lose the extracts uh, and then you just have you need someone who can get them back. Like the opposite of Crimson Dynamo, Red Guardian. Uh, or some major, proactive right? model yes. as opposed to reactive. So that's what I do when I take a look at what do I need. Like, do I need a mystic attack? Do I need uh, a, you know, not necessarily a long mover, but, uh, you know, someone who can go to their back D uh, and harass their, their extract sitters. Um, and a lot of that is based off of the affiliations that are being played. Hmm. Um, the second thing I'll talk about real quick is how I choose point totals. 
Um, there are some that are automatic. For instance, if you're playing shield, you always go high. Like, whatever the highest number is, you pick it. If you're playing against shield, you should always pick the lowest one. Uh, like, don't even look at your roster. Just pick low. Uh, otherwise, I will typically uh, have a plan for how I'm going to approach the scenario. So I have roles for my models, whether they are grabbing extracts, getting secures, pushing people off secures, uh, or, uh, you know, being aggressive. And I will, let's say we're playing, uh, I don't know, Infinity Formula and Spiders, right? So I need two people on my Infinity. I need to try to pick up three Spiders. Like, where are these people going to go? And do I need a certain tech piece? So I usually start off my thinking with, do I need a specific piece into this matchup? And then the leader in that piece gets slotted into the first two spots. Then like, let's say I have a difference between 17 and 18 points. Uh, I will build uh, an 18 point list and a 17 point list. And I will take a look in my, in my head and kind of see like typically a 17, 17 to an 18 is uh, increasing the threat value of one of your models up one from a three to a four, for instance. Like, what does that give me? Is that for a key piece? Is that the tech piece I need? Then I'm playing 18. Is that just uh, increasing like Zemo to Logan? Uh, well, then maybe I don't. So I will play the lowest point total that allows me to run the game plan I want to run. And I'll do that to put my opponent in a potential bind uh, and maybe not be able to bring the stuff they want to bring. What, what are your thoughts on that strategy? I think that's a good strategy in general. Um, yeah, I, obviously that's a great way to approach it from your side of the table, looking at like your resources available and your your tactics. Um, so yeah, no no arguments against. Um, I think that's a, the way a lot of people try to approach it. They probably don't put quite as much thought into it as that, but I think that's that's kind of what I would say is the the go to approach when it comes to. Or should be at least. That's that's what most people should get to when it comes to self confidence of their own play. Um, I think another thing that you could gain by by going deeper into what your opponent can play, not only from the aspect of that you might notice things you wouldn't have realized in advance that might go into that decision making, but also as you do this on a regular basis, you will start to recognize patterns in your incorrect assumptions that you'll probably start correcting over time. And so you'll start to see, okay, I've seen a list similar to this before, and they were trying to do X. And so maybe that's an experience I would I would not have if I hadn't noticed that in advance in previous games. Um, knowing, you know, oh, my opponent has Rhino, but they didn't take this as a robbery, and I just assumed they had had it. But, you know, for whatever reason they decided not to, maybe they're bluffing that they're playing Rhino, or they're using him for a completely different job. So I think knowing that in advance is obviously really good. The more cards your opponent devotes to one model, let's say if they're playing Magneto or Juggernaut, well, if you're playing Juggernaut and you've got two of Juggernaut's cards in your list, you're probably playing Juggernaut in every game. And so that's a little bit of information you might not have had if you didn't dig a little deeper. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people approach the game from their skill level, and I think that's something that doesn't grow with them quite as well as other talents. And so you'll have people will spend so long learning the game and then learning their affiliation and the models they like to play. And then they get to the point where they're now competent in all of that and they're doing strategies, hopefully similar to what you described. And then they, they don't really go the extra mile. And I feel like that's 
the the first abstract thing they really run into is trying to visualize what your opponent might do beyond just what you're used to doing. Because you like everyone wants to know every model in the game, but the more you understand your opponent, I think the better you can understand the value of your own pieces. Yeah, and you usually don't talk about your squad selection. Like when you mm-hmm. when you're done with a game, you'll normally be like, "Yeah, you did this move, or I did this, and that kind of swung here." You know, you mm-hmm. talk about the game for a little bit, but you don't usually talk about, you know, why did you pick seventeen versus eighteen, and why did you bring the models you did. You just talk about yeah. the game. So I think that would be great. Is right after the problem is you don't want to talk about it right after deployment because now you're giving yeah. away all your strategy. Exactly. Um, but maybe in some learning games. You, uh... It's so far away from what you're at now, like at the conclusion of the game. It was the farthest thing from what happened. Yeah. Right? So I think it'd be an interesting experiment to, uh, you know, do the whole uh, selection and then stop um, mm-hmm. and then talk about it. Like, why did you pick your, you know, priority versus not or, or yeah. extract versus secure? Uh, you know, all the decisions you make leading up to deployment uh, because they are huge. Like the whole game hinges around it. You can absolutely lose games. By not breathing, not bringing the correct uh, tech into a matchup. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's like like you're describing. It's the biggest commitment of resources that you make. Like even deployment. Like we talk about all the time. Like deploying in a bad way can end up costing you a game because you know you don't have the right resources, the right side of the table, and you give up a crazy amount of actions to try and correct that. Like four, six, eight actions sometimes trying to get to the correct places on the board. And all the tempo you've lost by using all of those actions to reposition. And then, well, not only that, but you brought the wrong models or chose the wrong point cost or didn't bring the right tactics cards. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we talk, I think the only time this ever really gets talked about is when there was a huge glaring mistake. Where it's like, oh, you never should have brought Crimson Dynamo on a D because he's not good on Ds. And like that's like the usually the most I ever really see people talk about on stuff like this. And so the little subtle ones that are actually like, like they only add a little bit of difference, like they don't get talked about. And so that information just kind of lost the wayside. Yep. Anyway, that was uh, just our little topic I wanted to talk about. So yeah. we've put that under our pregame section under knowing your opponent. All right, uh, Aaron, you had another topic you want to talk about today? Yeah, today we're going to talk about NashCon, uh, specifically uh, what I'm doing at NashCon. Uh, so it's this weekend, which means if you're listening to this on either Friday or Saturday, I will be playing. Uh, so we're going to, uh, devise a list, uh, to play in one of the events and I'll take it and see how I do. Uh, you'll be able to go on to, I'm assuming Longshanks and, uh, and, uh, let me know, uh, or you'll be able to find out as you're listening to this. Nice. Uh, but we leave tomorrow. Uh, we get in Thursday night and there is a team event on Friday, uh, a, contest of champions or something to that effect on Saturday and then a fun event on Sunday. So I have been continuing my quest to play all the models in the game. I experienced the breadth of Marvel as opposed to the depth. So I have not at all in any way, shape or form been practicing a NashCon list, uh, which gives me a little bit of the EBGBs heading into a high level competition wanting to do well. Um, without any sort of actual list preparation. Uh, so that's where I'm at right now. Uh, I thought we might tackle the the Contest of Champions list uh, and, and kind of see how I would go about building one. How does that sound to you? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Can Do you want to send me the link for the Longshanks 
event, and I can put it in the show notes so people can follow your games. Oh, God. Sure. I'll get that over to you. And they'll also be able to look up which list you ended up taking. (laughs) Yeah. I'll get that. You'll have to do it at this moment. Yeah, just make a note. I think that'll be fun. Um, So I asked uh, our Discord what I should take, and uh, all I can... Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. All I can figure out... I started trolling early. Yeah. All I can figure out is people fucking hate me. So thank you, everyone. (laughs) I (laughs) I really want Aaron to lose. (laughs) I should play Sentinels, okay, Uh, or Dark Dimension. That was me. Or Sin Cabal. That was not me. Or a Two Wars Shall Rise Hydra. Yeah. (laughs) A unique take on uh, Hellfire Club. Wakanda, Asgard, and Brotherhood of Mutants. All right, so do you want my selfish opinion here? Uh, Whatever opinion you have. Lay it on me. So if I was being as selfish as possible, I think you should play Wakanda, Spirit of Wakanda, janky turn one bullshit. In an attempt to make that list more public, and therefore it will get nerfed. <laughs> hmm. Uh, that list already won LSO. I'm not sure it needs to to get published anymore. You think uh, it does? Well, I think it being prevalent is what's going to get it nerfed, not it winning an event. Okay. So, from my perspective, uh, with with these uh, wonderful suggestions sent in by everyone, uh, I probably don't want to play Sentinels or Dark Dimension. I'm Probably not playing Sin Cabal. I am definitely not playing Two More Shell Rise Hydra. I like the unique Hellfire. Uh, the problem is, uh, I have played coming, coming up with a truly unique list in a short period of time is always hard. Right with zero reps. Right. Yeah. Um, so my no take on that would be an offensive centered Hellfire Club using the extra power uh, to funnel turn two charges and superpowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to the standard Hellfire Club, which is uh, DR models set on points and heal. Yeah. Uh, so I love the concept, uh, but probably a bridge too far if I expect to win more than one out of five games. Uh, Wakanda- yeah, and I, honestly, I feel like the healing factor potato models also do a lot of the heavier hitting, and so Hellfire Club kind of does that already. I mean, obviously you'd be going about it a different way, but... Sure, I like. I would want to play like Black Swan. Sure. Like... Mm-hmm. No, I get what you're saying, and there's uh, there's definitely an avenue there. I'm oh. just saying in general, it's not like Hellfire doesn't hit hard. Mm, they don't though. Like the, the best Hellfire team is Emma, Bill, Lizard, Black Cat, plus a model. Like that is not a damage team. That's a mm-hmm. I'm surviving, I'm displacing you, and I'm still in the Extrax team. Uh, very up my alley, but not a unique build. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, next on that list was Wakanda. Uh, I would entertain Wakanda. Uh, I'm actually interested to play a beam or rapid fire focused Wakanda Black Panther leadership team. Uh, I'm going to let that percolate for like two seconds, then we'll move on. Well, the percolation can wait till Crossbones 2 comes out. We can move on now. Okay. Like, I don't think it has to wait for him, but okay, we can move on. I just don't want to have this conversation twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Asgard. Uh, are interesting only because they are one of six affiliations that are st- I still need to play this uh, this year. Okay, and, well, let's let's okay. cover this first. Then I, is the goal here to compete, or is it to cross things off your playlist? I think for the contest of champions, it is it is to compete. Right, I, I so will fo- I will play two other lists. That. Sure. Yeah. Um, but both Asgard your, your, your and your team your bad. team tournament list can be one of your cross offs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. 
let's let's focus on you know competing on the, on the contest. Um. So if we focus on competition. So how about this? What do you perceive? This is the way I commonly look at if I'm going, if I have no direction, period, I'm starting from scratch. I like to look at it as what do I perceive the meta to be? And so what do you think are like probably the five or six top medalists right now? Um, Shield. Shield, Guardians, uh, Sam Vengers. Probably Wakanda. Yep, there will definitely be Wakanda. And I want to say Cabal. And Mal- then, Mal. Yeah, Mal Cabal and Hulk Sons are still, I think, a force. Okay. I, I would agree with all of those, I think. The only one that's not on there that I would say probably needs to be is X-Men. But I personally think it's okay to put X-Men in a little box because the way they play the game is a little bit different than everybody else. Yep. Um, they're also, the way you play against them is generally the way you play against pretty much everybody. Except that you don't want to sit back and shoot them from outside range, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I am tempted to play Cosmic Ghost Rider in a list. Mm-hmm. Uh, two reasons. One, uh, if you're really looking to get someone nerfed, it's that model, not Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Nah. Okay. And then uh, Nate Horn, shout out to Nate, made a comment that uh, CGR is going to be everywhere, but he will not be in the winning roster. And he bet, he bet a beer on it. So I want my fucking beer, Nate. You want your one beer. Yeah. I'll give you a beer if you just drop the subject. <laughs> <laughs> one Miller Lite, please. Uh, so I would lean towards a dual-affiliated Inhumans Guardians build with Cosmic Ghost Rider. I don't actually think I would win with that, but I would have fun providing a negative play experience for all of my opponents. I thought you told me that Inhumans required more reps than you had. Has that changed? Uh, So Inhumans with CGR is different than Inhumans. Okay. Uh, So regular Inhumans without him, yes, I think takes a lot of uh, reps to get good with. With CGR, it's pretty fucking brain dead. You're just like, I funnel a power to CGR every turn. We're done. Sure. Uh, He is just a murder machine. It's either win or lose based on how well CGR does. Sure. Do you think that's the most competitive way to play? To play him or to play period? Play play period at Nashcon. Uh, I don't know. Um, I know we've personally talked about CGR a lot. Uh, I doubt we. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast a lot. But uh, I feel like that situation's still developing and ripening, if you will. Sure. I don't have enough games into CGR or with him to to have an informed opinion as to exactly how well uh, he will or won't do. Sure. Uh, my opinion um, of CGR is his effectiveness is 90% tied to his spender, mm-hmm. not his builder. Right. Um, Inhumans lets him get off that spender more than any other affiliation, and he just rips people new assholes with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so I, I, I took CGR in Inhumans for one local tournament, played it four times, uh, did re- like almost tabled every single opponent. Um, Potentially uh, A Force, also, right? Sure, but and you get a bodyguard. No, 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 no. <laughs> Stop. Okay, so <laughs> okay, we're done. Okay. So anyway, the the direction I was going with getting the list of affiliations is that looking at something that has at least a game into the majority of those things, if not an advantaged game into those things. Okay. Um, before you make your comments there, which I am very interested to hear. 
Uh, the other ones that I just off the cuff, uh, would be interested in running would be shield potentially with a CGR splash. Uh, Avengers are very boring, but give me the highest actual win percentage. Sorry. What was the last one you just said? Avengers. Avengers. Sam. Uh, yes. Uh, I would be interested in playing webs. I think they are very good, and I don't think they get enough love in the States. I think they're very popular in Europe, um, and I, re- I, don't, I don't know why they are not played more in the States. other Dude, than by I honestly don't get it at all. The two it's to three, like two to three people who, yeah. who play webs and are very good with webs, but don't win major events with webs. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in, in running webs. Uh, and Wakanda. Um, also, I think has a lot of tools uh, with Jabari Chieftain and, and Killmonger. Hmm. I am undefeated with Midnight Suns, so I should probably fix that by losing a game. So taking them to make sure I lose a game with Midnight Suns would make my son very happy. Hmm. Okay, that's it. Those are my thoughts on. So this is all you're open to playing, or these are just what you're starting. No, those were if if okay. if I was not doing this with you on the cast, I would hmm. probably choose one of those that I just mentioned, and there are. Like I said, six different ones I just mentioned. So um, what do you have for me? Okay. So two of your lists are CGR centric because it's in or in humans and guardians with CGR and then shield with CGR. Shield does not have to be with CGR, but yes. Okay. With or without them. Yeah. Um, I think Sam, uh, I, I think everyone thinks the Sam list is strong. Um, Unless you're going to go with some kind of special twist on it, I would recommend not playing Sam. You don't have to convince Um, me to not play Sam. For uh, any other reason except then, like, if you're looking for new stuff, you're not going to reinvent the wheel with Sam, right? And so, at best, you're going to be the fifth most experienced Sam player in the tournament. (laughs) And so, it's just like... (laughs) 25th, sure. Sure, but we'll just... But you played Sam. Like, it's not like you'd be opening, walking into a new roster. It's just that, like, what are you really bringing to the table other than I'm now playing Sam? Correct. And so that's that's my only concern there is, like, I think that list is so well explored, much like the shield list. Sure. You're not going to be surprising anybody. And so if you're walking into all of my opponents have 50 games against my list, like, what are you really accomplishing? Sure. I will also say, uh, again, I am not going to win NashCon. Uh, I would like, I would love to go four and one. I think that's the ceiling. I think three and two is likely. Um, and then two and three would be acceptable, but slightly disappointing. Um, sure. and anything obviously below that. So, uh, I would not really want to take just a cookie cutter list. Um, like I don't want to take guardians without CGR, right? I don't want right. to take Sam sure. Benjers necessarily. If there is a, a more snowflakey list, like you're, I think you're talking about. All right. So let's just knock Sam off the list then. Okay. And we'll cut it down. Um, you already said the list I was going to recommend, which was webs. Okay. Uh, my next recommendation would probably be Hydra, just because I think Hydra is janky and fun. And outside of that, honestly, I think we have enough here to kind of make a decision between those. The only other thing, I mean, I like Sam on the list just because I think you need to practice Sam, but I also know you don't need to practice Sam, so. Yeah. Um, 
The the only concern I really have with webs is I don't know how they play into Cosmic Ghost Rider. And I feel like their large amounts of stealth would be good, but it would be questionable against a model so mobile. Mm-hmm. And so it's more about like, it's going to be a short game. Can you get the numbers you need to get before it's too late? And so you'd have to intentionally play a wide version, I think. But I don't think that's really anything new. I also think it'd be interesting, you know, Cosmic Ghost Rider and ASM. I, I don't think Cosmic Ghost Rider gets in with his builders. So you're just trying to get Cosmic Ghost Rider to spend his power on pulls uh, and placing mm-hmm. uh, so he can't ever afford the spender. Uh, which, if he's not an Inhumans, gotcha. I'm not too worried about. Uh, on the other hand, watch ASM just get one shot by a builder. So. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the problem is like, I think in, he smartly should never go for ASM because he's the only person that's likely to survive a round of combat. If you, j- you just go for everybody else and once he downs half your team, you can't compete on points anymore. Um, that's really the concern I would have. Now, if you've got Staggerbot 3.0 and um, all your models have stealth, it gets a little bit more concerning because you don't know if they'll, they'll get there because even if they get the manage to one-shot somebody or the, where the odds are going to be in position to attack somebody else immediately. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Also, the fact that you're six points in with a, out a contesting model is, you would think would help them a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely would want some reps of that before I walked into that game. Uh, sure. Again, I don't have a lot of reps in the CGR. Mm-hmm. We're just going to play it by ear with but you've, whatever list you've I go played, to. You've played him enough to not make obvious mistakes, though. Played with him enough. I played four games with him. Okay, never mind that. <laughs> Is that enough? You're going to lose. <laughs> wow, okay. Ooh, I um, lied. I played eight games with him. Hmm. Wow, what a liar. I know. Well, I guess I did play six Inhuman games in a row. Also, potentially, like if you, they're playing, I guess they would have to kill a lot of your people to give you priority. Wondering if you could get him on the counter punch one of those turns, cost him an activation. Because, like, it's not like he is immune to damage. He's just got a lot of health. Uh, he's also four dice counting skulls, so... Yeah. Uh, I mean, four dice counting skulls is cool, but, like, I know. that averages two, so... Yeah. It, outside of all webbed up, there's not a whole lot of, of kill right. kill. Right. It'll be all about the big turn, right? So here's a question. But, so I just brought up my the webs list I brought to show me. Uh, I had a Hulk splash. I think Hulk is horrible into CGR. But is there one tech piece out there that is the answer if you were to run webs into Cosmic Ghost Rider? Um, you know, I haven't really thought about that. Because webs only need about five people to be an effective list. Uh, you could dual affiliate, but that seems kind of bad. I mean, I'm happy to run just webs. Um, honestly, tanky taunters wouldn't be terrible. I played a game against Black Dwarf with Cosmic Ghost Rider, and it was actually really annoying because you can't pull him out of taunt range. And so you have to place out of range two of him to make the attacks against other people. And he can throw you to get you like out of position or throw stuff into you. It wasn't great. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to think. I mean, Obviously, staggering and shocking him is super valuable. Uh, shock's amazing. Yeah. Dropping him back down to reasonable amounts of dice takes a lot off the curve. Um, stagger is obviously incredible uh, if you can readily apply stagger. Um, Shuri can push him, which mm, can she push um, size three? I thought yeah. she was. Oh, she's three now. Okay, 
Yeah. Say what what I actually noticed is that because he is power hungry, and obviously some people might be playing him in like Inhumans, like you said, he ends up spending a lot of power to get back into the fight if you can control him a lot, and that because of that he loses his token sometimes. But that's like you know you're gambling everything on a die roll, so I feel like it's it's better just to have a plan to get the one stagger on him and make it to where he only gets the three attacks by turn two. And he's only making three attacks by turn two. He's probably not swinging the game enough. Lifesaver's obviously good if you have stealth. Yeah, that'll obviously bring him out of hmm. incinerate range. Yeah. Okay, is this worth pursuing or moving on? The webs? Yeah. I I very much think you should play webs. I think they are a big sleeper agent right now. Okay, webs it um, is then. So let, let's build this shit. <laughs> I was just trying to make an argument. I wasn't trying to... <laughs> okay. It's just because you recognize they're so powerful. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right, uh, let me pull up my web list. All right, so the obvious, no doubt, auto-includes are Miles, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Woman, Black Cat. Then you can start talking about other models. Um, I think ASM and... Agent Venom are pretty popular right now. I ter- personally don't like Agent Venom because he's he's very inconsistent, but he is good in specific matchups. Basically, if he just gets on a roll, then he's really hard to stop. But he has he's so power hungry. Okay, I personally like doing Toad and Wong in the list. It gives you a really great seventeen point drop, which is what. It's a Spider Woman, Miles, Gwen, Black Cat, Toad Wong. It's six wide at 17, and you've got um, basically two Venom Blasts and a Steel, and then Gwen and two Twos. And then you've got Wong handing out extra power on the first turn, so a lot of stuff comes online, like mm-hmm. the Gwen double move web line, uh, turns Black Cat on on turn two, Miles web swing. Obviously, there's a ton. Um, Toad is actually really, really good because he gives you a throwaway um, midline safe stealer. Um, with the advent of the Miles leadership, Toad is actually really hard to one shot on the first turn, so he gets away more often. Also, there's a lot of games where I'll pick up and extract with Black Cat, and people will play differently seeing me do it, and then I'll just finders keepers take it off of her with Toad. Yep. Which is hilarious when they realize all of a sudden she picked up a cube, so she's not even down power. And then you take it off of her and Wong hands her another power. And on turn two, she's crossing the table and stealing an extract. It's really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really, uh, that's my strongest 17 right now that I've seen. It's, it hasn't lost a game yet. It's pretty silly. Um, I like uh, Crimson Dynamo a lot. Yeah. But. That's a specialty thing. I totally get it. I think as a single drop-in, he's fine. Unless you need the slot for something else. Um, Rhino's obviously good. Um, Other four-point drop-ins. I play Venom, but honestly, he rarely makes the table for me anymore. There's just so few matchups where he can take the hits of the big people. While also, you couldn't just win going wide. But I do like him. He He is a fun tech piece. I imagine you would probably end up playing Agent Venom instead, though. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got Toad, Wong, Miles, Gun, Black Cat, Spider Woman, ASM is seven. I really do like to have an Hulk option. Uh, really, if they're also running big, let's say Malekith or Immortal Hulk, 
Have you considered Hulkbuster? It also gives you Helios Laser as an option. Auto push on range 3 attacks. He also has a uh, 8 dice spender that doesn't give power and throws. I'm aware of what he does. Actually, I, okay. I haven't played Hulkbuster at all this year. Um, Sure. I mean, I don't mind Hulk Hulkbuster. Yeah, because if you're only using Hulk for the one throw a turn, Hulkbuster does that. Well, that and the stagger, right? Stagger throw you mm-hmm. uh, is, is a way to make you know people super sad. Whether Hulk, Malekith, Cosmic Ghost Rider. You're talking about staggering him with a separate attack and then throwing him? Yes. Hulk's spender and then his throw. It's actually a double throw if you spender, so um, the only one that matters is the medium throw away after he's ranged two from you. Uh, I want to say Dynamo is my eighth character. Uh, I really liking having at least two fours in the list who aren't your leader. Voodoo. Uh, he also gives you Mystic. Voodoo is never the wrong answer. Especially when you're playing Control. I just flatly refuse to play him, so... Toad, Wong, Miles, Gwen, Black Cat, Spider-Woman, Dynamo, Voodoo, ASM, and Hulk. I don't think you need Agent Venom. Well, I was going to say, he is your attrition piece, especially under like X-Men, like ignoring cover mm-hmm. mods, etc. Uh, that's clearly not what we're trying to do with this list. We are grabbing extracts, yeah. we are stealing them with our three stealers, and we are using Dynamo to keep us alive. And then Voodoo, yeah. same thing. Um, Miles, Gwen, Black Cat, Toad and Wong are both not affiliated, so the four has to be Spider-Woman. Oh, you would never not take Spider-Woman. Just saying at what point totals do we bring in these other fours? Um, I find that your first three models in every game are Miles, Gwen, Black Cat, and then Spider-Woman is the first model you add after that. Well, you're always adding at least one model after that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you get stuck on like 15 Researcher, in which case you can do Miles, Gwen, Black Cat, Hulk, uh, which is why he works so well on those small point totals, because you're still running four wide with a stagger and a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess at 17, we could run Spider-Woman, Dynamo, Miles, Gwen, Black Cat. It's the same That's 17 true. you have, you but instead cut... of two twos, you have a four, yeah, exactly. which you probably do if you're running mm-hmm. uh, an E, right? So let's say we're yeah. on a... You know, demons. on the ease, on the ease, yeah. if you can take Spider Woman and Dynamo, dude, it's so hard to get through that. They just live rent free in the middle forever. Voodoo loves Infinity Formula. Just own mm-hmm. he just owns that side. Yeah, and they love playing Infinity Formula. Okay, so Agent Venom's out. The only question I have here is the thing I love about doing the go narrow webs that I think a lot of people don't realize is that I absolutely do not give a shit what missions we play on and my opponent is dreadful of both sides of my mission pack mm-hmm. and so it just puts them in this weird spot where they're just like what am i supposed to do and it's like i don't care like literally do whatever you want and because they almost always end up choosing their blues because conventional wisdom says do that mm-hmm. but i actually want my extracts because it increases the scoring okay um so what are your splash pieces then my splash pieces are Dynamo, Mysterio, which I understand is, is an experimental choice, and then yep. Totem Wall. Okay. And then you have Agent Venom, but just don't play him very often? I have regular Venom, and I don't oh, play regular him very Venom. often. Got it. Okay. Uh, no, I'm... But I, I, I think it's a fine choice, especially if you're worried about playing like X-Men on pay-to-flips, which is probably, honestly, your biggest boogeyman on any scenario is probably pay-to-flips. And I think you're fine on them, it's just not ideal. 
Sure. I would rather play on demons than mutant madman as my webs list. Mm. Makes me want to add daredevil into the list. <laughs> but I won't. Uh, but be- because of that, that makes Agent Venom quite good. Because of what? Uh, because he's a four physical and he's good against X-Men. Oh. He's range four. Yeah. Oh, I, I, uh, so who do I drop for him? Uh, what are your fours? You got Spider-Woman and Dynamo. And Voodoo. I would say drop Hulk personally. But that's because so many people are playing anti-big guy tech right now. Like, there's so rarely you'll have a good drop for him. Okay, so where wh- there's not a counter piece. What do you run into uh, Thanos or Cabal on Researcher at 15? I don't think Cabal is a problem. I think you just play Dynamo and you play the, the points game and you just be very conservative about what you let him attack in the early game because you're going to win the long term as long as you keep your important models alive. Thanos is more interesting, obviously. Um, so, in my mind... I just... Yeah, I don't know... Because Thanos, is the as the control piece, wants to go last, and I don't feel like he can displace Dynamo and, and also have it be impactful. Because if he goes last, displaces Dynamo, he'd have to get them so far away for you to not have a play through, like, fallback, recal... Escort to safety slash lifesaver to not just not care about the first activation that much. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's possible. That's why I'm concerned about it. But honestly, I don't think I don't think it'd be the end of the world because I don't think he'd end up getting a big turn to like turn three. And I think honestly, you should probably be up points by then. But researcher is scary against Thanos. But I mean, you've got. Every tool you could basically want, except like I don't think Hulk's the answer against Thanos. I think um, something different like Pyro or Voodoo would be better, but I'm not sure. I know as when I was playing Thanos, the the list I'm playing is the thing I would be most afraid of. So I, I just don't feel like it'd be that scary. Oop. Yep. Okay. Uh, tell you what, I'll I'll, uh, I'll bring Hulk and take him out of the list for now, and I'll think about it on the ride tomorrow. So for now, mm-hmm. the list is ASM. Spider-Woman, Dynamo, Voodoo, Agent Venom, Miles, Gwen, Black Cat, Toad Wong. Um, and the only reason you're playing ASM is for the turn ones? Or are you just playing him because you like ASM? Uh, both. Okay, fair. I like ASM. I just find he gets cut. If you're playing on a 15 with Dynamo, he is really a fucking annoying. But it's got to be like high, high points. Five, four, three, it's three. Just be- yeah. It's it's really just because the rest of your models are so good. Yeah. No, I'm familiar with webs. Okay. The only uh, the only so, issue I have is I, I just got to figure out exactly what I play down the center line. Um. So you need Miles for defense. Uh, Gwen is nice, but she's not required. But yep. if you're playing like researcher, you need her. Um. Then obviously Dynamo. Um. ASM is yep. nice. Um. I play Venom, so Venom usually comes in for me. Uh, and then also Mysterio is an option. Wong is great because he can usually heal your models that are really tanky, like uh, Spiral Woman and Dynamo from the back point. And so then they just become immortal, basically. Also, he can, when there's like an odd power on Dynamo mid-game, he can just throw him a power and you can waste an activation and keep screwing your opponent's activation order. Um, so why yeah. are we not playing Beta Ray Bill here? Because uh, I don't think you have the tactic slot for eyes. Ooh. We're going to figure that out in a second. Yeah. Um, 
So that obviously gives a ton of flexibility in the list and to being able to to pick up a center line with him and not have to play ASM to do it. So do I you... don't well like again, you, I think personally you should be playing Toad, not ASM in most of those games. Cuz replacing ASM with Toad and pick a 3 is super good in comparison in the long game for me. So sure, I I can understand that. And that's also the, you know, Wakanda jank list plays Toad and mm-hmm. ASM to take the middle and then take their back. Right. So it's but again, gonna... so if they're you're going first and you want a safe extractor, like you have to be playing Legacy Virus or equivalent, basically, for ASM to be worth it for me. Uh, unless you're trying to dive the back line. And I, I just I don't like that line of play if you can't also get back. I And because of that, I don't think I, Eyes is even worth it. The option. You you have such good four-pointers, like, I find it's better just to steal it from them a turn later than to do all this turn one jank to get it on the first turn. It's not jank. It's a card. So the, the reason it appeals to me is if we take Hulk out, Bill is a great Hulk light for, let's say, Researcher. Mm-hmm. Because he can do everything Hulk does. Most of what Hulk does. In terms of being relatively hard to kill, throwing size four off points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I'm worried about uh, a weakness being a need to brawl, uh, there are not a lot of models who take it on the chin better than Bill point for point. Yeah. Uh, and he gives me that the eyes uh, play um, on, let's say, you know, spider infected. Sure. Well, let's just start with the tactics cards now then, and yeah. that way we can talk about it. Okay. So the, in my opinion, the obvious restricteds are sacrifice and brace. I will... Concur with that. Okay. Then your auto-includes are all webbed up, spider tracker, fallback, mission objective. And then Aunt May's Wheat Cakes is a pretty accepted auto-include. So that puts us at seven. We're going to add no matter the cost, recal and eyes. Um, So I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why no matter the cost? Are you doing no matter the cost for the steals? No, I'm doing no matter the cost. Well, options, right? So uh, mm-hmm. it's either a turn one stagger onto, say, a Malekith uh, from Black Cat, uh, or it's uh, a turn two threshly, two slash three, you know, steal from Spider-Woman or Miles uh, if I need to. Okay. Uh, if you take Wong, you can just also engineer that same effect. Uh, true. So options, right? So mm-hmm. this means I don't have to take Wong. I, get I can it. take yeah. Wong or the card. Yeah, I get um, it. Um, it is a generically good card. I am never sad uh, I take. Sometimes I don't use it, but I'm never sad I take. Yeah. Uh, I don't hate Recal, but I feel it's kind of wasted in them sometimes because of their heavy dice mods on defense on a lot of your characters. That it's erasing your dice mods and then also giving your opponent the reroll. So it is less efficient with them than most things i i, I took so i, I think took it was escort to safety instead sure i can that's an easy play uh, i think it was in the list because i had hulk and i think you always mm-hmm. want recal if you have hulk right and so then the other two cards i took are characters restricted to different people that you don't have so i understand not taking these two okay um you put in trying to remember you had agent venom yes or no uh so i have him now but i think that's who i would cut for bill okay um I am still not a fan of eyes, uh, but... Let's just call it my safety blanket. And... Sure. 
I find that it will be very rare that you will end up having your opponent's reds because so many people will choose their blues when they see your mission selection. Okay. So let's talk about what we choose for our reds and blues. Okay. I know what I so had. At I think Show the me. blues the blues are painfully obvious is uh scoundrels, infinity formula, and riots. Uh those are the three I had, so we are painfully yep. obvious together. I'm glad we <laughs> we weren't butting heads right now. I have a a sleeper pick in my extracts that um our local Quentin tells me I'm insane for. <laughs> uh, so the obvious is cubes and spider infected, the two Fs. Yep. And then the third is senators, which is he thinks I'm insane for. But every game I've gotten senators, I've won. So the the general fear is that you'll run into that brotherhood list. But I'm just like, dude, it even if it's you pull the one in a hundred matchup, it only works thirty percent of the time. So I'm just not worried about it. Um, I think web warriors are uniquely situated to get the extracts off of those web warriors or sorry, the brotherhood. Correct. Because you're stealing with three people. You're not, you're like, great. You have Hulk and juggernaut. Guess what? I'm not trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't steal if you've already got one, but yeah, if you're down five, one, that's not a problem. Uh, but also now that deception has been restricted and brotherhoods in the worst meta place they've ever been in. Like, I'm really not worried about seeing that list. Like, it's a sure. one in a million chance. Like, just if you're more likely to lose to other things than that. And so there's no point in planning for it. Okay. So how does Senators, how, how is Senators better than Paranoia? Um, obviously, you're not it taking forces, damage. It forces your people to a more attackable location than Senators does. Paranoia forces to a more attackable location. Okay, because it's on that, the midline versus versus right. back three. Versus being like a range two, yeah. Uh-huh. A lot of your people, a lot, lot of your people can just one move pick them up, which doesn't sound great because you can't move twice, but it does allow you to do things like throw impact webbings at them. Yep. Which is super relevant. It also allows people like Toad to pick them up from really far away. Um and then because your health pools are so small, it removes the odds that you get one-shotted in the following round by a lot. Because you're not only farther away, but also you have an extra hit point. Um, also, it, the difference of scoring is actually, I think, more noticeable. Because let's say, and this could just be a misconception for me, so I'm going to do the math. Mm-hmm. Is Let's say we both get two points, that's three each. Well, in Senators, that's the standard, right? Because there's three each. So if you get three of the paranoias, you score four, and they score two. If you get one extra centers, it's four, two. So the only way it breaks it up is if you can also... You have to get either the sixth one, or you have to get to split up their people that are scoring the extra one. Sure. Um, It's like the way the math gets different. I think Um, webs do that better than others. Because webs are generally going wider than the other people are. And so right. that might be also and they part have of my displacement. List sure, they have displacement, um, but I, that's what I'm thinking. Senators actually makes more sense because if I'm moving long, their ability to only move once is actually hindering them more than it's hindering me. And a lot of my people have places, so I can get further away. Mm-hmm. The paranoia, because it forces you to group up, can create some weird situations, which admittedly some of the web warriors can break up. It forces mo- one group to be close to each other like i sure paranoia is not researcher exactly so but the the thing i'm thinking is that so many of my people have the ability to take extracts away from people Mm -hmm. that 
I or are fast enough to get over there, but also so many people have stealth that you can pick up the things and you're not within stealth range of each other. And so starting turn two, they can't even attack you as we're paranoia. We're staying in melee range of each other. And so it's just like a different landscape on turn two. And also because you've got so many fast models, I am threatening picking up like all of your senators. And so yeah. it just cre- it, it's just a much more aggressive turn one play I, that you cause. I would like to play that before taking it to tournament. Ideally, mm-hmm. like, do I double move Toad and pick up a back senator? Right. And also um, because so many of your models have wall crawler, the train in the middle of the table is actually incredibly impactful. Sure. And for most of your models, it doesn't matter, which is big. Okay. I'm convinced uh, that I will at least try it. Okay. Spiders, mm-hmm. struggle, senators. Uh, the 10 cards. I still don't love the 10 people. Definitely take both and think about it, but just... I would start, I would pull up breakdowns on Critwild and start doing the list and see how many of the lists you like Bill in. Because uh, I feel like Bill I'm, is great on Researcher, but in every other game, he's a four-point rock or that demons, just stands there. Like Immunus and right, sit on the center? Heck yeah. But but you're only usually taking him if you're also playing Crimson Dino, right? Bill? Um, yeah. Because mm, that's on the, the whole shape, if, yeah. If you're just going to replace Dynamo with Bill, we would do that. No, no, it's I think both of them. It's, yeah. yeah, so, so I can then go... You're, so you're eight points in with no affiliateds, which isn't impossible. It is very doable, yeah. but it locks you into that format. And you've got two slow, power-hungry models in the middle of the table. I'm okay with that. Like, I would play as a 17 on Demons, you know, Dynamo, Bill, Miles, Quinn, Black Cat. Uh, I think I think would I feel like you well. give up. If you're playing that on like demons at fifteen, then I just feel like you're. But yeah, sure, you're giving up a lot of what makes you web warriors at that point. You're just playing criminals basically at that point. You're just kind of like standing in the middle, hoping to outlast your opponent. And if your opponent's coming into you with big heavy models, I, I obviously Dynamo and Bill are going to last for a while, but like they're not doing anything to win the game for you. They're just slowing down the offense. Oh, that's why you have Miles going on Black Cat. Who are picking up the extracts, stealing extracts? Uh, but if while... you're playing, the, if you're playing the go wide extracts, you need to be able to go wide. And so, if demons is just determining that you go four wide or five wide down the middle, like now you're playing a different game. So that's all I'm concerned about. Okay, well, let's, if... let's let's think about it. Let's think about demons and either spider infected or cubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so you basically pre- got pretend like we're the playing four at seventeen points. Yeah, you've got the the two back Fs and then the two Es are the important points you have to get to. Obviously, you're going to the middle first to get the middle extract if you go first, um, which is probably with Bill, which he's ending in the middle anyway. So Eyes is pointless, which Uh, obviously you wouldn't play, but... Correct. I'm not entirely sure I'd go with Bill first. Um, Even if the middle extract's open? I guess it depends on what they're playing, but... Yeah, there's a lot of times, I mean, Bill's tanky, but... Like, mm-hmm. he could just die if he's the first person you move and sit on the middle. Yeah. Um, problem is, we can't do a four 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 three two because that's not affiliated. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, option... so, like, that's why I always do the six at, at 17. It just seems to work so much better. And you just play the extract game. You're like, I don't need demon points to win this game. I've got all the extracts by turn three. So I only need to hold my back point with, like, fucking Wong. And then you could have the middle blue. I don't give a shit. I'll just take everything else. 
I would be tempted to play Bill, eyes, grab the middle, and come back and have Bill sit on the back for my first activation. Mm -hmm. And then both Spider-Woman and Black Cat run off to get things, while Miles and Dynamo pick up... I don't have Spider-Woman, sorry. Black Cat and Miles, I guess, go down, and then Dynamo and Gwen pick up the uh, the, the spiders and sit near my back point-ish. And I leave the middle for him, and then sometime turn two, Bill moves up and mm. pushes slash throws whoever was on there off as a late activation round two. Yeah. I don't know. There's a, so, there's a lot of different ways stuff could play out. Yeah. So my go-to is Toad takes the middle. Yep. And then as soon as possible, Wong hands uh, Gwen or Black Cat a second power. But it's usually um, either, what is it? It's Spider-Woman or Black Cat go to take one of their back Fs, whichever one is least defended. Um, and then I take my two. Gwen is in position to lifesaver um, Toad, depending on the situation. Um, and then Miles and Black Cat usually sit on their extra power to um, be ready for the next turn. And they just sit wherever the secures are. If I need them. Sure. So the back foxtrots are usually, you can get to both of them if terrain's not a factor and you're centrally deployed. But I don't think, like if you have Spider-Woman and Black Cat deployed on your center line, but just both offset, right? The center line goes mm -hmm. between their two bases. I'm yeah. not sure whoever's deployed right can get to the left F. They can't. You oh, they usually can? have to commit. I believe you have to commit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, 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 I usually, you're trying to deploy them last, but you've got three speed longers in that list. And so you have multiple redundancies depending on the situation. So if you have to put one down earlier than the rest, you can. Mm. And then... It's only two longs. I, oh, no. Gwen, Black Cat, Wild. Okay. Yeah. okay. The three girls are all longs. Yeah. You surely don't double move Gwen to pick up an extract though, right? Usually not. Obviously it depends. But a lot of my games I've been playing, everyone's playing this strategy of I'm going to send the long movers to your back Fs. And so... Depending sometimes Gwen goes to make because like they've abandoned their side. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna go over there because you don't have anybody left. She also has the fun thing of if Toad gives her or sorry, Wong gives her power, she can after they've stolen mine, like we're doing Cube's Infinity, I move up, pull them off my infinity formula, then she moves up and picks up the back one or something, because she gets to do a spider technique on the way there. And pick up a power because she hits somebody. And then, like, she creates weird situations yep. that normally you wouldn't have access to. Um, but, yeah, ideally you want Black Cat and Miles to save their power. But, obviously, it depends on the mission. Yeah. That's another reason to actually take Bill, though. Mm -hmm. uh, he can get to a back F if he's deployed across from it. Mm -hmm. So, if I have Toad in the middle and, let's say, Spider-Woman left, Bill right, you know, I have options to take either of their Fs, uh, whichever one they don't. And I'm relatively comfortable with, with Bill and Spider-Man, obviously, depending on the, the exact matchups. But uh, they mm -hmm. should be able to take it on the chin for at least at least get enough power to play fallback. Okay, cool. I think it's interesting how much, how much we differ on like, play styles when it comes to like this same situation. Yeah. Because every time you're like, Bill, I'm like, Bill does nothing. <laughs> mm. It's like, I love Bill as a model in the game, but like in this situation, I'm like, that is a waste of a four-pointer. Like your four-pointers do a lot more than that. I mean, it's I, just like, yeah, I just play eyes and use Bill. I'm like, oh my God, that's such a waste of resources. <laughs> in my in my brain is screaming. Sure. But also like I see so many people use it incorrectly. 
that I'm just like, okay, well, you, I know you've heard the term Bill Eyes so many times <laughs> that you think it's a basic strategy of the game. It's not. It's used in like 5% of games. <laughs> and then, but everyone does it. It's, it's insane to me. I'm like, you realize like there was no chance I was going to try and take that from you, right? He's like, Bill moves up, takes this, moves back, stands nowhere. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're so afraid. They're so afraid of five dice attacks hitting their random four pointer that's designed to be hard to kill. Anyway. Okay. okay. What are you, uh, what's your prediction on my record with this list? Uh, depends on who you play. Five games. No, who you play. Oh, who I, well, of course it depends <laughs> who I play. I'm aware. Why are you asking me to predict it then? Hmm. Um, if you went three and two, I would be disappointed. Oof. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Obviously, it matters on when you lose, right? Like, if you go three and oh, and then lose to, like, a top placer, and then a lose to a guy in the top four, you should never feel bad about that, right? And she, honestly, you should never feel bad about your record in general. Like, it all matters on, like, the individual games. Do you feel you did well in individual matchups? That being said, I think you're a good player, and I think the list is good. You know, once you get rid of Bill, then, you know, you should easily <laughs> go four and one. Hmm. How many how many Parker episodes do you want to bet? Uh, I will bet 200 of Parker's episodes that I do not go four and one or better. Well, that's not fair. This feels like Pete Rose crap. <laughs> uh, so Aaron goes... Uh, three and two, or worse. 200. Okay. No, uh, we'll we'll do the opposite. That I'll way, take the, I'll take that. No, I'll take that bet because I feel like I'm going to win, okay. and I know that you won't throw a game. I definitely will not <laughs> for throw your a own game. pride. Yeah. No. Uh, I I think I will lose to CGR, and I'm going to call a loss to Immortal Hulk, even though it kind of shames me. Uh, so I don't think there's any harm in losing. There's no shame in losing to Immortal Hulk unless you just play it super badly. Because I feel like he is one. I know I've said this to you a bunch. I don't know if it's on podcast. I feel like he is a model that it has bad game design because it puts the entire game on the one turn that you've been working towards. And you have very little ability to put effectiveness on that like one round. Like you have one individual turn when which he is killable in the entire game. And it's just like your dice shit out on you, your dice shit out on you, there's nothing you can do about it. It's like, you got to roll 10 attack dice against a Hulk, and he only took 3 damage, so you lose the game. I fucking hate that. Yep. Like, uh, my opponent played Doom Prophecy next to a Zemo. Zemo activates first. Dealt 1 damage. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess you get to kill my whole list. Like, that's how this works. Yep, defense dice are overrated. Mm. Alright, yeah, so... Uh, if you go four and one or better, Parker gains two hundred episodes. I like this. That's right. This feels good. I'm, I'm trying. Right. I'm trying. I would like to make one final push for you to take Bill out of the list. As someone who wants Parker to have episodes, I I would like you to take him out and put Venom in or Hulk. Uh, I think Agent Venom is fine. It. I'm just concerned you're going to play Eye on the Prize. More than you should. Like, the whole point of ASM is that, like, if, just take ASM out then. Like, if you're going to replace ASM with Bill, just do that. But now you've got two models that are designed almost entirely around turn one extract plays. Uh, ASM has more play than that. Sure. So does Bill. But it's just, like, True. both, like, like in at least, and obviously I have, I have different world experiences than you, but it feels like in a lot of my games, every time I put one of these, like, premium models on the table, I'm like... 
God, why are you here? Like, like you could have been two people. Like, why am I playing you? And so I just, that's been my experience lately with webs is that wider is always better. Well then do I need another three? Cause I only have the three, three, three. Right. Cause I have Mysterio and you don't. Yeah. Um, so who's a three that you would consider then? Um, Quicksilver used to be my go-to three. Obviously this was a long time yeah. ago. Um, so again, my biggest issue is the center line play when I have to play research or demons gamma. I can play wide webs on wide scenario. Ooh, That's not a problem. Zemo. Zemo's a solid three. Getting to reroll his skulls is super cool. Uh, Pyro's not terrible as a alternate option for uh, steals because you can play py- Pyromania. Pyrotechnics. Um, Pyrotechnics, thank you. Um, uh, no way. I, uh, Lizard's also fine. Because he adds you a little bit of durability that's more reliable to go take other sides. Like, he'd be an even swap for Bill, right? If you want to go wider. Yeah, he is a Bill Light. Miss mm-hmm. Marvel's also quite dumb. I, I refuse to play her, though, so you can feel free. Uh, Mystique would have been the old adage, right? You could cut Sacrifice and play Deception. That would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. Also, Proxima Midnight never gets enough credit for being a long mover with DR that costs three points. <laughs> No, and she's got a place attack. Oh, I almost want to play Ant Man. I know, but he's bad at extracts. Uh, I would be is. with you. Mm. Yeah, I think my go-to would be Zemo. My number two would be uh, Lizard. Uh, okay, mm. so here's a question. Then, at what points do we play Voodoo? Like I said, I really like Voodoo on Infinity Formula. If you're playing Bill, you're just I don't think you can play Bill and Voodoo. I no, no, clearly. No, no, Bill is yeah. really only there gotcha. for the centerline stuff. It's really why he's there. I just uh, don't think you're leaning into the Dynamo plan enough. I feel like you're you're second-guessing the Dynamo. And in my experiences, it works. So I, I do like some Dynamo. You don't have to sell me on him. Mm. I just, I what I don't like about the list is the complete and utter lack of oomph. Like I said, I think every list Dude, nowadays there's... needs to be able to kill shit. And I look at this list and I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, no one kills anything. So that's a big argument for Agent Venom, right? Because you don't want to be adding especially four pointers that aren't even benefiting from your big tactics card. Because seven dice, no mods, like that's pretty reliable, going to get some damage through. He can also chip in a throw after he gets that. Um, He would have to flip with Nine power to web swing all webbed up beam nine dice. Um or his seven dice builder no mods would have to generate some power. Yeah, yes. Uh he'd have to start with five and hope to generate, because we know how much we love hoping. Yeah. Although he's, you know, six health on the front, has a solid builder, he's probably gonna have some power after the flip. Uh, theoretically his minimum would be seven if you just got one shotted. But that's assuming you didn't spend power in the meantime. And then he also power up for he eight. gets to sh- he also gets to shake for a power, which is really underrated. So he's basically immune to stagger. And I haven't really been considering partially because we, my, my list is planning for the WTC, obviously. So yeah. Okay, I'll put Venom instead of Bill. Agent Venom. Yes, Agent Venom. Okay. Uh, and, and then I, you're cutting I, eyes. I, uh, yes, there's no reason to play eyes. Okay. I don't know what my 10th card is, but it's probably irrelevant at that point. Yeah, I mean, there's. I don't play Escort Safety hardly ever. Uh, you can put Recal back in if you want. Recal is fun with Venom sometimes. 
I'll play Fusion Caster. Really? <laughs> Probably. It got played against me at the tournament. It was uh, not very impressive, but it was something. But between all webbed up, brace, fallback, escort, no matter the cost, yeah, like we're done. I and find myself not you... even getting to fit all webbed up in my list sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and that was no spider tracker, which is obviously yeah. great. Uh, although remarkably able to be played around, so... Your your two restricted spider tracker and fallback are going to be the first four cards you add generally. I'm not even sure I take sack depending on the scenario. Yeah, I, I com- commonly don't. Yeah. The only time I take sack is when I know I'm playing dynamo. Because so many of your people don't want to take a sacrifice hit. Sure. Yeah, because you can't reroll. Yeah, no mods, no explosions. Yeah. Uh, it's fine with some, but you know it's not ideal. It's it's only when you really need it, and usually mission objective is a better choice. I also was I'm also playing Venom though, so sacrifice is a little bit more appealing. You're like, oh, whatever, I'll put it on Venom. Sure, but like that, I actually want to take damage on this one. But that makes me almost want to run Mystique, <laughs> just so I can run a Restricted Deception instead of Sack. Mm-hmm. Advanced R and D is not the worst card in this list, but there's no one really wants to give up their power. I played it zero times at Show Me. I don't want. I don't want to play R and D yeah. on the list. I I think that's correct. So here's the question: I need to decide Voodoo or not. So Voodoo only comes I out on Infinity, fine. really. Uh, he can play on riots. Um, sure. I mean, he can play. He can play anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he does give that Mystic attack. I guess we'll keep him in. So. Dynamo and Venom are for down the middle. Voodoo is for wide. Uh, ASM is when I want to play him. And then otherwise, three threes, two twos. Okay. All done. Thank you for your assistance. We'll see how it goes. All right. Good luck. I hope you go four and one. I mean, five. (laughs) Clearly five now. I mean, it sounds like it's a deep pool. So, I mean, obviously you don't go in expecting to win, but I, I think you can do well. I'm also, I think it's five rounds on Saturday. I hope it's five rounds. It might be four, cut the top eight. That'd suck. Well, that means you only have to go four and oh. Uh, yeah, that's four and oh or nothing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, actually, well, so three and one, how many people? Uh, there's. I thought they were still taking people. I think it's up to 64. Uh, 64, I think. It would have to be five rounds because you'd have like, I guess if you're cutting the top four. Um, yeah, because after five rounds of 64, you would still have two undefeateds at least. Uh, and then you they have, two. never mind, they have 116. Yeah, so, Players. okay, that's Four- a seven round tournament by traditional standards. 41, 41 people signed up so far. Oh, 41. Okay, so then that's doable in five. Well, that's signed up. I guarantee there are people who have not yet signed up. Uh, this is just long chain sign up. Sure. So they'll be they'll be totally signing up that morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Good luck. I I kind of wish I had gone. I'm glad I decided not to go due to other things going on. But sure. uh, I bet it's gonna be a good time. That's oh, cool. I could have given you Tim's hostage token. I still have Tim's uh, power token from Show <laughs> Me. <laughs> All right, cool. Do you have anything else you want to cover before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, no, not really. Okay. All right. Uh, Well, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been Brandon. And Aaron. And you've just listened to The Gruesome Twosome. So what are we going to call this thing? 
Ah, I got it. Okay. Incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just going to put down Infamous. All right. First order of business. <laughs> we need to settle something. Oh, do we? Uh, going to the movie uh, votes from this week, I'd like to point your attention to the fact that I'm currently tied with Jeremy. <laughs> now, <laughs> I want to explain the math on this because, see, I earned seven votes, right? I got seven votes. Jeremy also seven votes. However, Jeremy did not enter all three of his submissions. I added one of his, so I should get one third of his votes as well. Mm. Because we had to veto three of his picks, and so I had to emergency add Pearl Harbor. So clearly, that's worth two of his votes, and I should have nine, he should have five. Would you agree with this, Aaron? Uh... <laughs> Despite the argument, everyone was like, why is Pearl Harbor on this list? <laughs> so, you kind of have to give him props for being tied for first, despite having Pearl Harbor on the list. Uh, I strongly disagree, because people <laughs> overrate Tombstone. No, I'm not taking anything against him. I like Tombstone. It's a good movie. It was on my probably on my top ten of this category. But I think people are going a little overboard on Tombstone here. I mean, I, I think too I, many. I think too many people honestly haven't seen every movie on the list, and they're only voting with the movies they saw in the '90s. And I'm like, yeah, those are good, but like also other movies. Well, clearly, if you look at my vote total, uh, I highly disagree with our listenership. So, uh huh. Yeah. How bad was it? I didn't actually look. Uh, I mm. received zero. Nope, one, one vote. One vote. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna view these reactions. I'm gonna call people out. <laughs> Hold on a second. All right, Jeremy got. Uh, let's see here. Oh, it's abbreviated. All right, so Aaron England, Nigel, Brandon Morris, Jeff, Colin, and Josh Vernonberg. Oh, that's Zach. That's Zach. Zach. Sorry, Zach Vernonberg. Uh. What the hell, guys? <laughs> uh, then I don't know who the uh, the Imperial logo, it's abbreviated to the letter S, because I oh, I guess I can expand. It's still abbreviated. Great. I can't see it because my Discord is cutting off the name. Um, all you guys voted for Pearl Harbor. You guys, oh my god, guys, <laughs> come on. Do better. <laughs> hey, Liv Tyler fans, what can you say? Liv Tyler fans. There's better Liv Tyler movies. <laughs> Oh boy! So I'm actually gonna have to to tie break this mm-hmm. and give it to Jeremy. Don't you? Don't, I have, oh I have to do God. it. God, I have to do it. All right, which which of my movies have you not seen? No, no. Do you want to know why the tiebreaker? I no. I want to know which of my movies you haven't seen. Uh the first two. Yeah, exactly. You haven't seen Catch Me If You Can. If I have, it's been a while. Oh my goodness. I know. I, there are so many movies after we started doing this I have to watch now. Um, so Catch Me If You Can is awesome. Uh, it's based around a... Uh, do you know the concept? Yeah, I, I read all the, like, the wiki it. stuff on all of the okay. movies. And I was like, okay, need to watch all these. It is It is a great movie. Um, it's a really good performance by Leo and uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, and then Imitation Game is awesome. Uh which you obviously know about, and so I'll leave it at that. Uh, how dare you, Jeremy? Are you actually going to give this to? Are you going to give this to him? Yes, because uh, you voted for your own, and he didn't vote for his. So if you take away your own vote, you actually only have six. 
Yeah, it's not my fault, Jeremy. <laughs> even Jeremy didn't believe in his own list. That's what that says right there. Uh-huh. He wouldn't even stamp his name of approval on there. Aaron, it's not too late to uh, vote for mine. Hmm. You could actually break the tie just by voting for me. Uh-huh. Or, or I could give my I could double my point total. There we go. Right there. Oh, Wait, I'm doubled. You, oh, man. <sighs> Why are you like this? Mm, by choice. All right, fine. <sighs> Gross. But, I mean, I, uh, this is just shows how, how badly the voting system goes. I think it sh- it, we, we need to move it to some kind of, like, you have to earn a vote kind of system. <laughs> I mean, I, I clearly have disdain for a lot of these people, yes. but uh, You know you know that Nigel only voted for him because he hates us. I, I, I believe so, yes. Mm-hmm. He was able to deduce uh, who, who picked what. Oh, I think it was pretty obvious. Well, also, people immediately on Discord rat out whose votes are whose. Mm, I don't know. I didn't, I'm willing to bet people aren't actually able to guess. Oh, I know some people aren't, but also some people tell people things, and so then it gets out. Yeah. Well, I like how Nigel uh, threw down that. What did he say? Oh yeah, he had to go. For, he had to go for four because Tombstone is the best movie on the list. Period. Mm-hmm. And I bet him that he hadn't even seen all the films on the list. <laughs> and of course, he yeah. had not. Yeah, so no. I love people making, you know, <laughs> just blanket statements like <laughs> that. arbitrary. Clearly, the best movie. Have you seen all of them? No, but this is all definitely the best one. See, Aaron, at least I give you the benefit of the doubt. You voted for a list where you at least seen all the movies. <laughs> this is true. In your own. <laughs> all right, fine. Uh, are you excited? You think? I feel like we're going to be done in like thirty minutes today. Like we're going to get all of the all everything out of the way. We're like, man, look at all the free time we have because we didn't. You know, like, argue with ourselves for no point for, like, 30 minutes. I will discuss slowly. Okay, there we go. I'm going to channel my inner Parker. I'll speed it up later. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So you leave for NashCon tomorrow morning? Yep. You excited? Mm, Ish. Uh, We'll talk about this during the actual main portion, but I have not been, like, prepping a NashCon list. Yeah. I feel like I'm headed to the third or fourth you know quote unquote most prestigious mcp con in the country with absolutely no prep (laughs) that doesn't seem good so yeah that's whatever Uh, i'm still gonna go have fun though right we're just gonna roll dice and we're Mm -hmm. gonna um gonna play a bunch of mcp hopefully meet or re-meet some uh some cool people just enjoy enjoy a good time but the competitive part of me uh does wish i had uh actually done legit work heading into it Mm-hmm. Cool. Have you actually ordered the infamous dice? Or are they still in the design process? Uh, no, I officially placed the order uh, just over a week ago now, and then uh, his artist got back to him with the rendering, which is really just a uh, like a big mock-up. the The spiral pattern is just a stock image that they changed the colors on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he started production on them. Uh, they've been fully paid for, and we've got 500 dice in production. Nice. And then after they're done and I get my initial set, they will be up on the website for people to purchase as well. So people outside of our area will be able to get them too. Awesome. Geekery's website? No. Oh, Infamous. Um, he, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be up on Baron of Dice. Oh, on Baron's. Okay. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, they're made by Baron of Dice, the only actual real manufacturer of MCP dice that aren't 
skewed. Uh, yeah, the only one to be fully endorsed by Musa Minis for a third-party dice. Yep. I was really surprised that Nigel broke his hardline stance on dice when he saw the Baron of Dice ones. Which means they're, you know, even better than you think. Yeah. I think Nigel hates me. I know Nigel hates you. But... <laughs> separate, separate unrelated news. <laughs> he just can't stay away. Mm-hmm. He likes bad boys. Yeah. So why is it that you don't seem to like powerful cards in the game? Because it seems you shy away from the strongest tactics cards, like uh, Two More Shall Rise. Hmm. <laughs> sure. I mean, is it just you can't handle the power, or like you feel you don't need it? Uh, I do need to handicap myself to feel like I'm I'm having a uh, an enjoyable game. Yes. You should have. I wish you were there with that rabbit hole we got down. I want to say it was Monday night. Uh, it was freaking crazy. We were. Uh, it's like. We were trying to build a Zemo list at 20 points that involved two more shall rise and versatile strategy. <laughs> and then Simpleton with Modoc. So you could intentionally KO your own model to trigger two more shall rise. Two more shall rise is such a bad card. <laughs> See, it's it's statements like that make people not respect your opinion. Uh, sure, okay. Like, I get it is very thematic. But God Almighty! Yeah, I almost wish there was um like a different category of card um to put those in where it's like yeah we don't really consider this for power level in the game like <laughs> like it would have like a symbol on it and it's like these are like funzy symbols and like like they're cool and thematic but they're not really meant to be competitive and then there's like the competitive cards I almost wish like. That's like when we get to this point and Parker talks about it sometimes like, well, then you just restrict the next card when the best card gets banned. And it's like, well, kind of. Yeah. Like that's the sliding scale. is supposed to be like to encourage diversity is that that's what the restricted list is for or to enforce diversity is what the restricted <laughs> list is for. The banned list is to enforce balance. Like it's not necessarily the same thing. Yeah. He's like, if you want to play this, you can do it. You're just discouraged from doing so. Um, but yeah. And so I kind of wish that all competitive cards were like pseudo restricted and you only got like five competitive cards and then you were allowed like Funsies cards outside of that. And so like every list would have like their standard go to five, but then you would have like Magnetic Crush and like Two More Shall Rise and, you know, Fearful Symmetry and Cloning Banks and shit like that was like the second tier of cards that like didn't take up space. They were just auto included with the character or something. I thought that I think that could be fun in an alternate reality that isn't the one we live in. I think character specific cards could absolutely be included with the character at no extra cost. Yeah. Uh, like cloning banks. Um, or like cat and mouse, stuff like that. Where it's like, this card is kind of good, but it's never going to beat out like restricted slots and fallback and shit like that. Mm, cat and mouse will. Hell yeah. Yeah. It could, or sorry, Cat and Spider as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I meant to say Cat and Spider. Okay, I was like, wait a second. Uh, I'm pretty sure X-Force plays Cat that. Cat Mouse is okay. <laughs> I agree, well, I mean, okay. you're playing X-Force, you're already playing it for Funzies list. Hmm. I actually think X-Force is That was not bad. X-Force. Yeah. One of the forces is acceptable. It's not X. <laughs> I played A-Force into X-Force recently. Uh, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty skosh. Mm-hmm. Just because uh, like all X Force does is incinerate you and murder you, and uh, you might not know this, but there's still a finite health pool, regardless of how many bodyguards you have to spread it around. 
Mm-hmm. So, I don't think X Force is as bad as it gets credit for. Let me put it that way. Yeah, it's not a tier, but it's not unplayable. I don't think anything in the game is unplayable. If you have a stra- sound grasp on the rules and strategy, uh, I don't think you'll ever be completely out of a game on an average. Like you'll have bad games that where like things go against you, like you get bad missions or you know make a maybe a mistake early or you know like some kind of spiral of randomness occurs like you can always get out of a game but you can also always be in a game like i i think the the what people refer to as like you know oh such and such is trash means that it has like a 40 percent win rate like even though it's widely considered not good as long as you're like actively trying to win with it i think you're you're really fine like yeah you're probably not going to compete at the highest levels but you're also not going to be on just like you're never going to win a game true for the most part. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at what I've played this year. So far, I really think the most unplayable is Winter Guard. And I'm playing them right now. And that's Winter just... Guard, on paper, was the closest thing that came to beating me in the last tournament we had. What do you mean, on paper? I, I only won the game 16-15 to 15 on oh. turn 4. Like, he was... If he had just dazed one of my characters, he wins the game. Like, it was technically the closest I came to losing. Okay. I, and again, I'm not to say it mm. can't win. Uh, yeah. I just think there are some matchups and scenarios where Winter Guard just looks at the table and is like, uh, nope. Yeah, for sure. And like that's, you know, lack of versatility is yep. a completely legitimate reason for people to think that your affiliation is bad. Yeah. Like that's why a lot of people don't think A-Force is good because they only do one thing. And if you can force them outside of that template, they are really not good. Yep, but there's the thing they do is quite good. So it's as long as you can play in that template, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Uh, which is why my the winter guard list I have right now, uh, you know, to, to play casually is still dual affiliated, dual affiliated with Avengers hmm. and some off meta Avengers, but still has the ability to play wide. Uh, and by wide, I mean on, on wide scenarios that winter guard does not do well. There was a uh, 40k game up at the store last night, and. Uh... I think 40k is widely considered to have like this power band tier right now, kind of like in Blood Bowl, where it's like there's tier ones, tier twos, and tier three teams, and they're noticeably separated in win percentages. Like there's like almost a five to ten percent win percentage gap between the, the the bands of power. Like there's the haves, the have-nots, and everyone in between. And uh, so two of the people were playing. One guy's playing what they consider to be an, a middle to upper tier army versus a low tier army. And so they both went into the game expecting the outcome, but due to like dice manipulation and stuff, like it ended up being the opposite and the disadvantaged player one handedly. And that led to one of the players being frustrated. It's like, yeah, I mean, of course, like the things are going to happen that aren't going to go your way on. And that's going to feel bad, just like any bad dice game. Yep. Uh, but, you know, the fact that they went into it with this mindset of what was going to happen, it's like, yeah, that's the norm like if you played a hundred times surely it wouldn't be a hundred to zero so like even though it's the expected outcome having an open mind about situation and actively trying to take advantage of things in the moment might lead to a maybe a more favorable outcome and then sometimes like you know it feels like it doesn't matter what you do you're just gonna lose anyway because you know it feels like fate's against you sometimes it is sometimes just have bad choices uh sometimes yeah. rock meets scissors yeah all right, are you ready to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And my bladder's fine. Don't worry. <laughs>
do you want to hear a somewhat juvenile story? Uh, I always want to hear. Always? Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, something happened to me. It hasn't happened to me in like 10 years. Uh, I threw up <laughs> to do uh, alcohol. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but it wasn't like it, it. it's never happened to me like this before. Uh, I don't know what it was. We It happened to several people. And so I have confirmation it wasn't all in my head. Uh, but we were playing D&D over the weekend. So we were drinking pretty heavily all day because we watched a football game. And then we played D&D. And it was like a 10-hour experience, right? We were all hanging out. I had like five or six mixed drinks and a bunch of beers. But I think it was because we had cheesecake like like during the lunch period. Mm-hmm. Something we ate like blocked our ability to absorb the alcohol and so we were drinking and just like free rolling it like we had not like none of us were feeling drunk at all and it gets to the end of the night and everyone leaves at like 10 o'clock and i just go into the house hanging out watching tv whatever and then at like 3 a.m i start getting drunk i'm like i haven't had anything to drink for five hours like what the hell's going on then like hour and a half later i am wasted <laughs> like out like i am blind drunk almost I get up in the middle of the night, throw up a ton, go back to sleep, wake up in the morning, feel terrible. And I get to the store, I'm like, okay, what the hell's going on? And then two of the other people that were in the game show up on Monday. Like, I told them what happened. It's like, the same fucking shit happened to me. <laughs> so I don't know what it was. Apparently you should not eat three pieces of cheesecake and then try and get drunk. <laughs> That's the working theory we have so far. So I'll take your word for it. Yeah. If you need to be sober for 10 hours after drinking a lot, just <laughs> eat a bunch of cheesecake first. <laughs> yeah, it was just quite weird. All right, let me get a timestamp. Let me get going. Hey, look, a link. I found it. Wait, there, there's multiple links? Oh, I see. They're individual attorneys, so yeah. Oh, we never talked about what you are going to play in the team tournament. I haven't decided. I didn't think we wanted to spend another hour discussing that. That's fine. I I meant mostly just vaguely, not like building the list. Yeah. Okay. Now we can go back and do that. Edit it in. That's fine. Yeah. Like, nah, too much work. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I yeah. just thought we were going to. Okay. There's all three. Of them. Are you still messaging me? Did they ever announce what the uh, the specialty one is? I was only going to put the one. You send me all these. Well, fine. Just put the one then. I, I am only going to put the one. Okay. Can't make me. I'm going to put a brain teaser in the Patreon channel about your uh, your event. And I'm like, what is Aaron playing at NashCon this week? It'll be a riddle. <laughs> cool. Uh, so how's um, Battlestar Watch going? It's not. I think I'm down to t- 10 episodes in the last season of Discovery. I just haven't watched it <sighs> I swear it to God, forever. it's been like 10 months. You've watched months. zero episodes. Months. I watched like two last week. It's been slow, mainly because I'm not working out as much as I need to, and I'm not painting at all. So it's going to happen one of these days, Aaron. You're going to watch an episode of Battlestar. Mm, it's going to be I, much rejoicing. I agree. I, I would feign to say by the end of August. End of August. Well, I get back on the twentieth. So if I work out on the twenty-first or the thirty-first, that's ten days. I said I have ten episodes left. So. I feel like we need to increase your fitness goals so we can get some Battlestar going. Why aren't you like that one guy that runs marathons? Because mm. my knees are bad. Mm. Swim marathons. I did a, uh, I forget what they're called, it was a triathlon in Norway. Oh, yeah? It was a mini nice. It was a mini one. 
Mm-hmm. We lived on an island, so we ran from like one side of the island to the other, and then we swam uh, across the fjord to another island, and then we biked back to where we started. Uh, I finished dead last. <laughs> Man, I was the- not expecting that. <laughs> Well, I have like uh, zero experience swimming in an ocean with currents. So yeah. there was a... Uh, you were a, just happy you didn't die. <laughs> there was a boat that was uh, like following the last person who ended up being me. Um, and I would swim for like five seconds and then be like, wait a second, why am I not facing the direction I need to go again? And I'd like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so someone who would watching me swim from Orient. point A to B, it was nothing but zigzagging. I'd like deviate right. Come back left, deviate right, like every five seconds. Because you were just pointing at where you wanted to go and not like going against the current or something. Right. So I would go in a straight line, but the current would push me. And not just like push me, but actually like push the vector I was heading. Yeah. And so after like 15 seconds, I was like, I'm just going to go for it. Like swim, 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 swim. I'd be like 90 degrees off where I was supposed to be going. So, uh, yeah. No, I entered the uh, entered the water at the same time as everyone else, and I'm pretty sure my biking skills were just fine. But that swim, holy shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> did not right, go uh, so well. I'll create a poll. Uh, which part of the triathlon did Aaron fall massively behind him? <laughs> was it the, the biking, the running, or the swimming? There you go. Yeah. I was like, well, swimming's not hard. <laughs> it's gonna, everyone's going to be like, the running. Okay, so um, what is going to be your next movie category you pick? Uh, I get to pick one? No, but well, I mean, you're you're the evil son of a bitch that let Jeremy decide. So I figured, <laughs> uh, why is, what's wrong with like our taste? Why didn't you choose us? Uh, so there's still uh, comedies pre-2000 that I already have my three selected for. I'm excited okay, for those. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't watch horror and I am yeah, abhorring I when someone picks that. I I will uh, have I yeah. will have three, but they will be horrible three. Yeah, like I no one likes horror movies that likes movies, so it's like monster movies I have a stronger opinion about than fucking uh horror movies. Um see I I there are some movies I want to make sure make it on this list. Mm-hmm. But they kind of defy categories. So you're like engineering so, a way to get them on a list. Yeah. yeah. So at some point when we're like really hard up with, with categories, you just say wild card. Like they have to be three um, that we haven't you haven't submitted for anything. And just I like, think you and Parker are focusing too much on the fact that there are categories and just like pick a type of movie you like and then just like make up a category that fits it, basically. Like it doesn't need to be like it's not like we're checking off a list of categories. Like we don't ever need to get to horror. Sure. We don't ever So yeah, like, like uh movies featuring swordplay. Sure. I think that would be a cool... Sword fighting movies. Like, kung fu movies, but sword fighting movies. Like, yeah. And so, like, I can imagine probably two of the movies you're thinking of just by you saying sword fighting movies. <laughs> uh-huh. Not Highlander, just to be clear. No, but that would God, be on there. It You would pick Highlander on your list of sword fighting movies. I might only have three sword fighting movies. This will have to go to, like, you know... Go to some site that lists them all so I can then, you know, figure out which ones of those. Also, like, I feel like also the way I approach this is, like, what do I think my three favorite movies of that genre are? And what you guys sometimes do are go, here are three of my favorite movies that might technically fit in the category you just named. 
so like do the last one. In what way was Apollo thirteen and Gettysburg oh, no. not historical films? No, no, no. Right? You did totally fine in the last one. <laughs> okay. I totally agreed with all of your picks. They were all very legitimate choices. Uh, Jeremy, however, did quite poorly, sure. which is why I don't accept the fact that we should give him a reward. And I'm still, go- I'm just going to cut out the part where you push back. I'm just like, the, I have won. Fair enough. And that's just because he should not be rewarded for the things he said. Uh, blind squirrel sometimes. Mm-hmm. So what categories are you excited to, uh, Honestly, none. Like, not particularly anyone. The only one I really cared about was my comedy choices, which is why I narrowed it down. Because I do, like, I know you've been talking about, like, oh, there's so many movies before the 2000s that were amazing. Like, you're right. That's why I limited it, because I didn't want to have to argue about the three movies I picked versus, like, Ghostbusters. Because, like, it's just a different era of comedy, and it doesn't mean it's worse. It's very good, but... It's not really, they're not really comparable, right? It's like saying, let's rate the Star Wars movies. It's like, well, you can't really compare anything cross decade, right? Like, there's the originals, there's the new ones, and then there's the prequels. And it's just like, you can't really compare them because they're different levels of technology, different levels of writing, different levels of acting, different levels of special effects. Like, it's just different. Which is why it's, like, not really fair to compare, like... Mega Man versus Elder Scrolls. Like, it's not, like, the same thing anymore. It's, like, evolved to a different thing. Yeah, I can buy that. That makes sense. Nope, absolutely. And so, yeah, it's not about, like, saying, like, what's a good example? Um, Like, Groundhog's Day is an amazing comedy movie. But, like, it's set in its time. Like, it's what it is. Like, Three Stooges was the pinnacle of comedy for a long time. And I like Three Stooges, but I would never say, you know, this... The Three Scrooges Strike Again is my favorite movie. Like, I would never say that. It's just, like, it's its own thing. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, so uh, here is what you should do for the next category. You should pick musicals because we'll give Jeremy an aneurysm. Uh, So that's the other thing. Like, Parker is like, oh, Brandon's not even going to be able to do some of the categories. I'm like, what are you talking about? Would you just assume I don't watch real movies? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) He's yeah. like, I was like, I got some fucking movies for you. It's like, meanwhile, we check the votes on his category, and I'm fucking blowing him out of the water. <laughs> you can even like narrow it down a lot, like mm-hmm. you know, best DC film. No, like that's the thing. But I you feel have to like pick one, not three. Yeah, I feel like because two people have been picking a lot of the categories, not saying anything specific, just saying what I'm saying. <laughs> is that I feel like they they've set this weird tone. For like what gets picked, and it yeah. shouldn't be that. Yeah, so no, I'd, I'd be totally. Like, that's why with... I was I was hugely excited to set a new precedent of doing a restricted category, yep. and then nobody's following suit. And so like now I like I like like honestly one one thing I'd like to see, and I, probably the thing I would have chosen as a joke, but still would have chosen it was like Nick Cage movies. Like, yeah. So we're all picking and like just set like because that's when you actually see the opinions come out when it's like okay. Well, these are all in the same category now. Let's not go, well, you're going to fucking choose a movie that doesn't even really count in the category. Like, Big Hero 6 being a sci-fi movie. It's like, yes, it has some sci-fi elements, but it is not in any way a sci-fi movie. And so it's just like, we're talking about completely different things, and it makes it impossible to compare the lists. Sure. The only problem is when you get so narrow, like, do you end up with all of the same ones? Because at that point, you're going to have to have 12 different Nick Cage movies. 
Exactly. Conveniently, he's made 60, so it's not <laughs> <a big> <laughs> And they're all terrible and amazing. Now, like, if you do, like, best Tom Hanks movies, you'll get different ones. Uh, I think if you chose Nick Cage movies, you get different ones. You're probably correct there. Like, I... Hold on. Let me let me take a second. Yeah, I bet if we were to pick best Tom Hanks movies right now, we would come up with different movies. But anyway, that's going to be a topic one day, so get okay, ready. I will. And, and Carl Morgan's going to tune in, because he loves, he loves fucking uh, Nick Cage. <laughs> okay. The cinnamon like, note. With a, it, with a strange passion. Ooh. But yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there's not enough like director movies. Like it, you can't do twelve favorite movies from one director usually. Like that's extremely rare. They even have that many. You could do like the twelve worst movies from Michael Bay. That'd be impossible. They're all <laughs> equally bad. <laughs> but like even saying like monster movies, like well, there's only like three that really matter, and anyone else is just gonna be stuck not naming those. Like so, that's why it's a shitty topic. Anyway. Um, are you excited for Blood Bowl? Ish. It seems like you've kind of fallen off the Blood Bowl bandwagon lately. Really? Is that just a you've been more focused on other things? No. I mean, there haven't part been. Any... Of it, Go ahead. Part of it is that you're not playing the league this year at the store, and the store, the league is back at the Geekery this year, and so I see all these other people playing Blood Bowl, and you're not there. I'm like, where's Aaron? Yeah. Uh, I just took this one season off uh, that just mm-hmm. started. Just because I'm going to be gone overseas for two and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, I am happy to go play Blood Bowl. I'm also at the same time planning our first overseas vacation as a family with relatively high expectations for my wife. So mm-hmm. that is making the whole experience less than thrilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it, knocking it out. I mean, everything's planned. And I have mm-hmm. you know notes on where to go eat, you know what we're going to do on the days, but it's just to quasi job oh yeah um i know we've i've jokingly thrown out the idea that we should go to legoland when we go to denmark uh i think jeremy will kill you why is that he wants head no head shoulders knees and toes disease <laughs> because i think he wants to go see some actual cultural sites oh yeah not a theme park uh it's like hamlet castle right is what we talked about beforehand uh something some sort of castle yeah personally i would rather go to legoland but i also have no idea how close legoland is to where we're gonna be <laughs> it's probably not close at all i mean i've been to I know legoland it's it's, it's in fine. the country i haven't oh, been okay. to that legoland yeah well that's why it's supposed to be like the big one right i all i remember going to florida was i was impressed with mm-hmm. what it was um obviously we took our kids there when they were young which is definitely the rest time to go mm-hmm. i mean honestly all i want to do is just kind of just take a you know, take a metro or a cab into the city and just, you know, have dinner somewhere Hang and explore. Out. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I did with uh, my team captain, Alex, when I went to the WTC for War Machine, is we just took an afternoon and went to Brussels. And uh, we just, like, had lunch on Town Square and, like, wandered around the old city. And it was pretty cool. I mean, yep. it was a little expensive to have lunch, but uh, it was fine. Like, it wasn't any more than you'd expect today going to the plaza or anything. Yeah. The only thing that I think it sucks is that dinner's provided Sunday night at the hotel, so we'd be foregoing a already paid for dinner to go eat somewhere else. Sure. Uh the only thing I really hope this year, and I doubt it will be a problem. Uh I haven't looked in I, so I'm not cultured at all. I don't claim to be. Uh I don't know much about the Danish culture. Mm-hmm. Uh 
so I have no idea like what they eat or anything. But when I went to Belgium, I hate to talk bad about people. Their food was fucking awful. And I literally went three days without eating. I was delirious with only being fed on beer for three days. But uh, when I finally found an Italian restaurant, I nearly died. I was so happy. What the hell did you have in Belgium you didn't like? I can't imagine. Uh, So the first night they had barbecue night because the Americans were in town. And it was basically onion and tomato soup. Just whole tomatoes and onions dumped in boiling water and lightly seasoned. It was gross. And the meat they served was like, it looked like three-day-old overcooked sausages. And they were nearly rock hard. And like, I tried several of them. I, I It was like, maybe this one was just a bad one. It was all gross. Um, then let's see, what was the next meal? They had food trucks the next night. Uh, and the only edible thing they had in all of the food trucks was a brick of fried mozzarella. Which sounds good, but it wasn't. Uh, it was way overcooked, super oily, super greasy. It was like hard to keep down. Uh, the other thing that it was just there was like a two inch square cube of mozzarella, deep fried in like this weird cornbread material. It was weird. Uh, but then the um, the other one was served. The other food truck was serving basically only these. They had these like hot dogs. That they cut with like an apple slicer to make them look like flowers. Yeah. So they were like exploded hot dogs. And those were deep fried. Everything was deep fried. It was weird. Heck yeah. No, but it, like, it wasn't deep fried and like, oh, this is like crispy and brown and good. No, it yeah. was like dark black breading and hard and dry and also greasy. It was super weird. Everything was like super overcooked. It had no flavor and was just oily. Um... What was the other meal? Gosh, I can't even remember. I think I sat down to eat and they served it. It was like some kind of like food salad with lots of mayonnaise in it, which is understandable because I know they eat a lot of mayonnaise over there. But it was, it was something like um, like the equivalent of potato salad and something else was the main entree. But like every meal, like the protein was unedible and uh, and I don't eat mayonnaise, so... Like, all I had was, like, a slice of bread, because that's all they had that wasn't <laughs> coated in mayonnaise. Um, and, yeah, and then we went out. Uh, so the first night we were there, I didn't eat in lunch. And so I went to, um, there was a boardwalk nearby that we went to, and they had burgers, which were okay. But, like, the burger that we had at a sit-down restaurant was about as good as the burger that I would expect to get at Wendy's at 1 a.m., Sure. Like it was not good. It was dry. It was just old. And so I, I don't understand. Like, like the quality of food was so bad. I asked everybody else. They was like, yeah, this was pretty bad. And it, I think part of it was, like, I'm not trying to shit on the country of Belgium. Like, I'm sure they have plenty of good food. I think it was specifically where we were. It was, like, a really run-down area. And so, like, they didn't have good restaurants. But also, I'm not a big fan of seafood. And we were, like, right on the coast. So I imagine most people were eating seafood. The the people were nice and like the area was really cool, but yeah, it was it was just kind of odd place. But yeah, my only bad thing I have to say about the whole place was the food. Really, fair enough. Well, uh, I have high hopes that our food will not suck. Mm-hmm. In the I did some. Sorry, keep cutting. I'd say in Schovenhaven. In where? Schovenhaven. That's how you say Copenhagen in Dan- Danish. Oh God, I'm not gonna have to know that, am I? <laughs> no. Schovenhagen. Schovenhaven. Shugel Fugen. Oh, God, no. You're done. Just, just stop. 
I'm bad at this. I said so in advance. <laughs> Good thing I'm around. Yeah. I'll just point to you when I need to say something, and you'll say something. I'm like, that's what I said. <laughs> and you're like, I said something horrible. I, I understand that I'm an uncultured swine, and I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'll say this after the podcast. I'll say that. I'm not going to say that on, on, on air. Okay. I'm going to make a quick prediction where our team will finish. Oof. Let me guess. Three and two are worse. That you always predict for everything. Uh, I think we're going to finish sixth. For the WTC or for no, your Nashcon, Nashcon, Nashcon team? Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that because there's five teams signed up? Uh, there are ten teams signed up. Ooh. I'm not betting you episodes on that one. Y- you should not. <laughs> uh, since we're playing with a random third. What I thought Tim was going. You're not playing with Tim? Uh, I'm not playing with Tim. Oh, uh, our our third is is casual, non competitive, and then uh, Ryan is going to lose to the good players and have a shot at the other newbies. I shouldn't say other newbies, but uh, from a competitive standpoint, yeah. Are you going to intentionally throw him to the wolves in pairings? <laughs> You're like, we're not good into that, so Ryan can play that. <laughs> it's just like Ryan's like, man, this was hard. Uh, I already called out the Luke around one, so. Ooh. Now there's probably four different lists or sorry, list teams that will legitimately fight it out for the top. Uh, mm-hmm. Ours is not one of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how we'll do pairings. Uh, mainly because I have no fucking clue what I'm playing yet. We'll figure that out later tonight. Well, since I leave at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah. All right. Speaking of, we should probably get off of here so you can get some sleep. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Alrighty. Bye, everyone. <laughs>